And here we go. We're starting on episode six. Welcome. Hello. Everybody to the Stagler. Um, the only show on the internet. Yeah. The only show. The only show. This is your only option. I'm very sorry. Um, but it's episode six. I'm your host, Justin, and I'm joined by my co-host. Nick, that's me. Nick. Nick. And uh, last episode, we got a little bit cut off, but we usually we give you a heads up about what we're going to talk about for our spotlight segment Yes, in these episodes, but we didn't last time. We got a little cut off, but we're going to be talking about Spike Lee. And also, hmm. if you know, if maybe you hear something or we didn't, we don't say what it is the next week, you can always follow us. You can always follow us and get on Twitter constant updates. We're on Twitter at Stagler pod. Wow. Or follow our personals, which will will usually retweet the stuff that the the show right. Twitter tweets out. But uh, that's which are right there on the little banner. If well, ha- what banner? This is an audio podcast. What do you mean? What banner? Not anymore. Not anymore. Why is that? Because we're on video. Hello. We are officially in video. This is the only time that I think we're going to mention it, just so it doesn't get annoying. But we are doing a video segment to our show now. Yeah. We are streaming live on Twitch. Every other Saturday at approximately 3 p.m., you know. And it's been a lot of work to get it set up. I'll be real. It's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's just worth it. It's been a good time. Um, So usually we start off the show talking about our weeks, what we've done through the weeks. True. I've been really busy just watching Spike Lee movies. Same. So I, uh, I, I bought a mug. I bought a mug that says I am Dougie's coffee on it and that's that's all I did. Hey, I mean you did something. Do you like coffee? No, I hate coffee. It sucks. Coffee's bad. I like my coffee uh how I like my uh lives that matter. Mm. Yes. And I, we might as well go straight into your weeks, you know? Like into your two me, weeks. Me personally. You personally. I didn't do too much, but I made a purchase. Rather substantial purchase, really. Well, okay, not I guess not that much, but I bought a Nintendo Switch Lite, the handheld version, so it doesn't have the the docking station. I can't put it on my TV, but it's basically like a glorified DS. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I bought one of those because I wanted to get one. And I wanted to play Pokemon. Hey, Pokemon's really fun. Sword and Shield. That's the Switch one. Yeah, when I'm gonna get the sword one, I think. Oh, okay. But okay. I'm skipping like. I didn't play any of the ones after, like, Black 2, Black and White 2. Well, they don't have a connected story. I know, but I'm going to skip, like, four generations. Uh, yeah, I guess I would so, be So, like, weird. the last, last ones I played, I played was, like, Pixel the, and Yeah, top now down. it's going to be, like, 3D, third-person, yeah, RPG, whatever. This one already is a jump. Well, that's exciting. I hope you... Did you already get Sword and... Have you started it? Or no, I'll just it? get it, like, digitally when I receive my... Switch. Switch, Lite. which will come next week. How much was it? Is it, it was still like expensive? Three hundred dollars. Mm, okay, that's not bad. I guess. Yeah, no, pretty good. Yeah, not bad at all. And um, I also watched a lot of Spike movies. But another thing I did was watch the newest two episodes of Snowpiercer, the TV show, because I'm watching that for some reason. Right. The, oh, hmm. Well, that that. Um, well, okay. Little, no, I don't mean it really is a bad thing. Um, let's see the latest two episodes. Episode three was really like good. not good <laughs> okay not really good. not good why is it that? was like really okay there's just like i don't even know that it feels like it doesn't really it's not really focused the show's not really focused even mm. though like there is like this murder mystery which is like the main thing 
but it doesn't feel very focused. And there's a lot of like weird side plots and stuff that don't make any sense. And all the performances, it feels like an Alex Garland movie where everybody is just like this all the time. But you love Alex Garland movies. I do, but it's different on Snowpiercer. Okay. And except for David Diggs, the main character. Right. He's he's pretty good. Um, there's a really stupid twist in like the fourth episode where it's, a, it's not even a train, it's a plane. What? That's a twist. Like we're not on a train, it's a plane. Oh yeah. And it's not snow, it's clouds. <laughs> Wait a second. Now that would be a twist. It's Cloud like, piercer. This isn't this isn't snow. It's cl- it's frozen air. <laughs> <laughs> it's frozen air. Well, you know, clouds. It's like ice crystals in the cloud. Hey, this is a good idea for the um, second season. That's the direction they're gonna go. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, they like reveal who like the murderer is. Really? Already? Yes. Halfway through the season. I thought this was gonna be like the I know. Show. Me too. And I was like, okay. And it's like this really side character. That is it is whoever greenlit the, the show? I, I don't <laughs> um but it was really predictable i like saw him in a scene i was like i bet you it's that I guy he just looked evil yeah and yeah. then like literally two scenes later he's like beating the i'm the spy out of some dude yeah he's like i'm the spy yeah um and i was like well this is kind of stupid but then it got a little bit more interesting in the fourth episode where turns out that one of the girls was like helping him mm. and that was kind of cool um but now the main character is in some really big trouble halfway through the season. And the murder, murderer mystery is all wrapped up now, mm. only halfway through the first season. So I don't really know what they're going to do for the rest of the season. But well, I guess I'll at watch. At least that gives it room to like get good, right? Yeah. The fourth episode was better. Okay. So, you know, it's okay so far. But... We'll find out. Okay, sure. I, good luck. I don't know why you do this to yourself, but it's it's not a big time commitment. They're like forty yeah. minutes. But it so it's not like awful though. Is what you're saying? It's just kind of no. It's not awful. It's it's nice, and I I like the idea of Snowpiercer. So it's cool, and the production value is like really high. So like really? looking at all the different like train cars and stuff, and the design is really cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't expect that actually. I expected yeah. it to be bad because it's like, oh, it's a train. Get over it. <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's actually really cool, I think. All right. But yeah, other than that, it's me. Whatever. And that was your week? That's all I did. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but we're busy doing Spike Lee, and you know what? I'm happy about it. I had me a gr- too. I had a great time. Yes. Doing Spike Spike Lee, like doing uh, 10 films, I think we watched in total. Probably something around there. A lot. Um, Going through his career up to Defy Bloods, which came out yesterday yeah literally yesterday june 12th 2020 uh Um, but before that we've got a little segment that we have to do first sadly not sadly i wouldn't say very sadly you know we got a a few items on the agenda for news we got to get into the news let's get right into the news um so as far as news goes we're talking a lot about some sensitive subjects today certainly and there's a lot going on and the Oscars are maybe trying to tackle some of this stuff. Mm. Um, there's new programs for diversity are in the works from the organization, including expanding Best Picture contenders to ten. So well, we'll hasn't that a, already been a thing? We'll have a guarantee. It, I believe it has, and then they changed it back, and they want to change it back again. Well, there was like nine last year. No, but this is saying ten forever. There will always be ten slots that have to be filled every oh, year. Oh, we'll so have, they don't have to not. 
they can't do like seven if they yeah, don't think there the always has to be 10 every year which i like that i like it because it just is more publicity for more films mm. you know but i do understand why people would be pretty uh uh, some people apprehensive be about, about that because it. it's about like the a idea. free handout and it's because like oh do they will 10 movies a year really deserve a best picture nomination that, that's true you know? yeah it's like they're like think of this year when a lot of movies aren't or next year i guess when a lot of movies aren't gonna be being made and stuff you know right, yeah. are coming out it's like sonic invisible man those are your best picture noms i mean birds of prey is it really i mean that's like three of your 10. Yeah. Right? Like it's stuff like that where I think is yeah, where yeah. people are apprehensive about it. That makes it. sense. But uh, on Friday, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced that it will try to take a more active role in changing the kind of films that end up committing. They just want to encourage, uh, you know, diversity and things like that in yeah. film, which there, there's kind of two sides to this. A lot of people are for it. They think it's great. And a lot of people think that uh, it's a little patronizing, you know, that, mm -hmm. um, and it's another thing that people are arguing about, like what they mean by diversity, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it's very muddy. This isn't something that's going to appear until 2022 at the earliest. Okay. So I'm not trying to worry about it too much, but they, they're just trying, they, their intentions are good, you know, at the very least. Yeah, they want for sure. To, uh, bring more diversity to Hollywood. Cause you remember the scandal, the, the Oscars so white yes. scandal a few, few years ago. They, I think they want to avoid situations like that. Mostly. Probably. You know, but more Oscars changes. They always change. Always stuff is always changing. You mm -hmm. know, I don't expect anything to you know be forever. If people make enough noise, things will change. Uh, when when it comes to stuff like that, yeah. So, any any more thoughts on that? Snyder cut for best picture. Snyder cut for best picture. Is that that can't ever happen, right? Because it's not I, technically. I doubt it, but that'd be pretty cool. That, I don't, well, wouldn't if the movie was good, that would be cool. But yeah. if it's not. Next, uh, a little, just a really tiny story that I just thought was kind of funny. Uh, the Room, as I think a few years ago, maybe 2017 or 2018, uh, Tommy Wiseau uploaded it to YouTube, and it was just up there. You could oh, watch really? It. Yeah, it was up there a little that. bit, and you could totally watch it. Otherwise, but it has since been taken down. Um, otherwise, there's nowhere to watch The Room legitimately online. It is a physical-only movie. If you want to watch it legitimately, you have to buy a DVD. Nice. It's very interesting. And there's a little story that came out where Tommy Wiseau, when The Disaster Artist very recently came to Netflix. Yes. Uh, it was a story that he said, hey, you can stream The Room. And they went, no. But here's the thing. That's funny. I think I saw him tweet that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yesterday. The thing whatever. is, there's no details about this story so it very well could be he had extravagant demands about you know streaming his movie yeah it could very easily be he had demands that were way out of this world mm -hmm. and they said no to those maybe and he's just leaving it out of the details but you know could uh, be because I, I feel like netflix is always really on top of it when it comes to like financing movies yeah. that most people would turn down yeah that, that is true because i heard that uh, kind of jumping forward a little bit um, to Five Bloods, I heard that Spike went to like every studio and like no one would do it, and Netflix was like the last option. They were like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, I'm glad it got made. You know, I I'll support anything that that he does. I'm glad he found a place to make it. I'm glad Netflix is giving that avenue to creators. 
Um, you know, that's funny because he kind of has uh, a bit of a, a relationship with streaming stuff because I believe Chirac, his 2015 film, was the first movie produced by Amazon Studios. Oh. So I don't know, that, that's kind of interesting. I didn't Spike know that. To be your premiere guy. That's pretty cool. But yeah, uh, Wazo simply, you know, just tweeted out. It's like, oh, well, did Netflix want to get the room? And he's like, no. And that's basically the tweet. Tough. I'm sure Tommy's doing okay. Now, this is a story that I don't really care about, but I put it in here anyway. Okay. And I, I shouldn't say I don't care, but I just don't have a lot of personal affiliation. But there's a movie coming out called Bill and Ted Face the Music. I can. I don't want to see it, and I don't even know what it's about. Do, do you and know what it, it is? No. You don't know what Bill and Ted is? No. Really? Okay, Bill and Ted was like one of Keanu's like biggest first roles. Oh, sorry, Way Keanu. Back in the day. I like you, but I never saw yeah, this. Yeah, it's like when he was a young man, even though he's always looked young because of he just has that gene that makes mm-hmm. him always look like 30, I guess. Um, but it was a uh, movies he did. They were like comedy, kind of like off the wall comedy joints. You know, I'm saying joints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yes. and I've only seen bits and pieces of them, but they're super oddball, you know, uh, really wacky stuff. But like the last movie they made had to be like at least 20 years ago. Like, you know, at least they're a very old movie. So they're coming back kind of out of nowhere and a, yeah. a trailer dropped for it. And really? Yeah. It's the third installment. There was two before it. I hear the second one's even more than the first. So it makes me wonder if they're going to continue the trend and this movie's just going to be absolutely bonkers. Oh, you know, maybe I'll have to check it out. I feel bad for slandering it earlier. Yeah, sure. I it's currently set for release on the 21st of August 2020. We'll see how that goes. You know, always got to check out on that. But, you know, it seems doable to me. Possibly. But yeah, I'm definitely I think I'm going to try to do like a, a double feature the day before I see it of the first two Bill and Ted's and then going for yeah. the third one and just see them age 30 years in front of my eyes. Yes. In the span of 24 hours. Sure. And more sequels from movies that, well, this isn't a sequel from a movie that happened a long time ago, but it's a remake of a movie that happened a long time ago, which is Godzilla vs. Kong. And uh, Yes. Yeah. Bring it yeah. to me. Excited. Well, we loved Godzilla, King of the Monsters or whatever. I loved Godzilla. I know a lot of people didn't. I, I, a lot of people were mad that Godzilla wasn't in it very much, which as a, as a Godzilla fan, I think that's a pretty dumb kind of assessment because i feel like people who say that don't watch godzilla movies mm-hmm. and then godzilla king of the monsters was also very good because it was the exact opposite where it was all it's godzilla. literally just giant kaiju monsters fighting the whole time so i wonder where they're gonna go. so i never saw kong skull island you did you i've seen like parts of it and i've seen like the last 30 minutes right okay well i was it a lot of action was it a lot of people the last 30 minutes is a lot of action so do you think it was like back like packed all, all the way at the back um maybe there might have been like one or two like action set pieces before that but the last one is like really long and like there's a lot of cgi going on Mm -hmm. so it was probably really expensive so i'm assuming that's probably most of it either way we're very excited for godzilla versus kong we what side are you on oh man that is so tough i'm godzilla all the way that's not really a contest for me and I don't really, I never saw Kong. I know he was like Do, a baby, I think. It was like baby Kong, technically. Is one of them going to die? Uh, I don't know. See, here's is that the what thing. happens in like the here's original? Here's the thing. Tywin Lannister, <laughs> or okay. Charles Dance, right? Is that it? Charles Dance? Yeah. He's, in, he's in Godzilla, yeah. Yeah, he's in King of the Monsters. I think that Godzilla versus Kong is going to do a huge turn, or it might be a sequel. They might set it up as a sequel, where he's back, 
and he's made like a mecha Godzilla, and Godzilla and Kong have to team up to kill the mecha Godzilla or the mecha Kong or whatever. He's gonna make some kind of mechanical monstrosity. Oh wait, no, it's gonna be mecha Ghidorah. Kongzilla. No, it's gonna be Mecha King Ghidorah because remember he took like the Ghidorah parts and he was like, we can rebuild oh, them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Make him stronger, whatever. <laughs> so I think that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna have a huge turn in Godzilla versus Kong gonna versus King Ghidorah, and it's gonna be great. I would love I'm very that excited. personally. When does that come out? Is that uh, this year or next year? I have no idea actually. Uh, it's got scheduled for release on November 11th, 2020, and it's gonna be PG-13, which big surprise. Catch me there, premiere night. So November 10th at 7 p.m. Hopefully. I hate that. Have we talked about that yet? About what? How the midnight release has been destroyed. And the midnight forever. release has been... Are we going to go into this? No, because you know what I would save it for? Because you know what I think caused it? What? Marvel movies. I think Marvel movies ruined the Marvel, back release. at it again. That's why I'm saying when we have that episode, I have a lot to go into. And you might think... That's dumb what I'm saying. No, I actually agree with that. I think they ruined the midnight release. The midnight release not, used to be sacred. It's not midnight release. It comes out November 10th, actually November 9th at 7. I know. Like, there could have been great midnight releases, but now the best experience at a midnight I've ever had is Hunger Games Catching Fire. That is also probably my... <laughs> stupid. That is kind of stupid, isn't it? Is that the one we got posters? Yeah, when we were like sitting yeah, on the floor, yeah, in line with like a whole bunch of people, right, we were right. sick. We were like second. Or yeah, we, we were, were third and fourth. We got there like five hours. Early. I don't. I, it was. It wasn't because we were super excited for the movie. It was just because we were like we have nothing to do, so we we're just like let's just go wait. We're and just chilling, you know. That was a good time. Yes, it was. Sadly, Godzilla vs Kong midnight release probably won't happen. Probably not going to be a. It's going to be like a seven o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock the day before. Yep stupid so we know a lot of the things have been shut down or whatever but california has given the green light for film and tv production to resume as early as well yesterday in fact i feel like most production companies probably won't be on board with that what do you mean i feel like they won't resume production I disagree entirely. I don't think production companies care much about the health of the people within them. I think they're like, wow, we've missed out on so much money. We have to work twice as harder and twice as close together than before. That's what I'm kind of seeing from this. But that, you know, that's just me. Yeah, no, I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I retract my statement. But yeah, they'll be starting again soon. Uh, I think James Cameron's Avatar 2 is, is filming soon, I believe. So that's exciting. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited for Avatar 2. I think he's in New Zealand right now. He might be quarantining for two weeks to make sure that everybody's safe, but they'll be doing Avatar 2, and everybody is excited for that, I know. I know I Not am. Not me. You're, what? Oh, sorry. Did I, I'm really excited. What do I am? What am I talking about? I'm pretty sure we already talked about this. But you know what? A lot of this shutdown has affected a lot of people. You know, I heard that... Uh, AMC theaters, you know, yeah, had like a reported loss of almost two point two billion dollars. Yeah, that's because a lot. Of these shutdowns, so this is a lot. And now that they're not streaming Universal movies, yeah, that's oh, going to cut that a little a bit deeper yikes. if they're still doing that. If they're committed to uh, that action, but I don't know if Damn. they are. We'll, we'll see. Um, we have a little bit of other news. Okay, but before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about my second favorite 
horror director of the modern age. Who's is Ari the first Aster. Robert Eggers? Yes. Okay. He's my king. But after that, Ari Aster, hard second place. Love him. Know. He's great. He says his next movie will be this. a four-hour, four-hour nightmare comedy. Four hours. Sign is me up. Quite a bit of hours. I'll be there. You will. The theater sitting four hours in the yeah. theater. There's probably an intermission. You haven't seen Elephant Sitting Still? So I know I can do it. I saw Elephant Sitting Still. We saw The Irishman. We can do it. It's like 30 minutes longer than The Irishman. I'm, I'll be fine. Hey, 30 minutes is, is kind of... A, I mean, it's not huge. It's like a whole episode of TV is 30 minutes. Sure, but... You know, with commercials. You know, I... I Nightmare comedy I can I do it. I don't know. The thing that really actually excites me to this, and I have no like details about this um, production-wise. Right. But the idea of having a running time of four hours and nightmare, the word nightmare really intrigued me. I don't know if you've seen this, but have you seen the video with, uh, what is her name? I forget her name from The Walking Dead, the little girl, not little girl, but the young girl who was with Carl. What was her name? What was her name? You know, the girl who was with Carl at Alexandria. She was like the other girl carl's age you liked her a lot her actress a lot you follow oh, her on instagram enid enid right yeah enid yeah i love her kaylee nacon great she's in a video happy birthday it's it her was bir- her birthday like two days ago or oh, something like that ago. happy birthday well she was in a video that like adult swim made called too many cooks are you familiar with too many, too many cooks too many cooks imagine too many cooks which is kind of a nightmare comedy imagine it for four hours because that's the vibe that i'm getting for this and i kind of love it because Too Many Cooks, I don't even know how long it is, but it feels it's like, like... nine f- minutes. Really? Because it feels like 90. <laughs> you know, because it has like repetition and stuff. It just keeps that, on like, going. It's really, really <laughs> weird. But I'm seriously imagining Too Many Cooks as this four-hour nightmare comedy, and I kind of I kind of love that. That's a cool idea, but I would say don't... I wouldn't want you to I know. get your I shouldn't get my too hopes high up. I don't want to get... Because you don't really know what his vision is. Yeah, I don't. But when I hear four-hour nightmare comedy, that is what I think of. If you haven't seen Too Many Cooks... Look it up. Make sure Just you're on YouTube. Watch too many. Cooks. Make sure you're like healthy. You have a healthy mind and set, and you're not tired or sick. Be a healthy person and watch it in like a well lit room with friends. Maybe I don't know. Uh, there is a worse video though that is known to very few people that I will not disclose the name of because it is only view- allowed to be viewed by very personal, close people to me, and I don't want to. Just give it to everybody. Oh, are you talking about... You, um, you know what I'm talking about. Jamie. Feel the Jamie. knife in your hand, Jamie. Yes. Ah, that is a good video. It that has is a like very least... Not 46 well views on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, it's probably got more than that. it came out but... like forever ago. Yeah, it did. But that Want is... me to find? I can look at it right now. Sure, go look at it. it sure, go look at it. But it has to be a secret. This is ours. Oh, n- nobody will know. If you donate $15, we'll send you... Oh, incentive. <laughs> No, but uh, that is a video. Is that what you're thinking when you hear nightmare comedy? That kind of like there's is a, that a com- is this video a comedy? I think it's a comedy. It's it is kind of there's more of a funny. plot, but it's it's kind of like all characters have a different perspective that's kind of wildly stylized in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How they perceive the world. I have it right here somewhere. I remember I the title. Right you can just I know, but it's hard to find if you t- there it is. is. I see it. <laughs> so just tell me how many views it has. <laughs> 732 now but i've probably watched it like 50 times no i remember when we found that video it had 
it had seven views, I think, when we found it. And it was uploaded like a week before we found it. <laughs> it was so bizarre how we stumbled upon it. Maybe one day we'll reveal th this hidden YouTube video. If you find it, I don't know, you'll get something special. Because if you found this, I'd be amazed off it's of this so... nothing. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, moving Maybe on. In the future. Moving on. Maybe we'll talk about that later. But moving on, we have a little bit of uh, other news that happened, not actually in the movie sphere. It happened in the, the game sphere. What happened, Nick? Gamers united together. To do what? To uh, two million people really? I saw in like the mainstream yeah. watched the reveal of the PS5, but who knows how many like other streams were going on. Right. Where, like, I watched on a different stream. I watched so. like the real one. I didn't watch like a streamer that I liked, mm. like watch it. So there was probably like five million people watched it at the same time. Wow! The reveal of the PlayStation Five, yo. And what are, what are our thoughts? What are our thoughts? Um. Okay, just about the console. I think it looks really cool. Looks like an internet router. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends what kind of router you have. Like my router looks nothing like that. Right, but the sentiment still stands. Just like the Xbox looks like a fridge. You know, and the switch yeah, looks guess. like a toaster. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it looked cool. I think it comes with like a lot of things that I wasn't really expecting. Like it said it comes with like a camera and oh. a headset. Yeah, I saw the headset. And a charging station thing. I didn't see the camera, but I saw the headset. And a definitely. media remote. Yeah, yeah, meteorite. That that was a thing that's been a thing, but it was never included in the box. Yeah. It was always like a separate accessory. So if that is coming with it, interesting. I don't see myself using it. The media remote? Yeah. I would use it if I was watching like Netflix or something cuz it is kind of annoying sometimes with the controller. Sure. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um I thought what was interesting was the two separate consoles yes. decision where they have one that comes with the disk drive. And one that does not, which is a total digital-only machine. You don't yes. stick anything in it, which is, you know, where's the fun in that? <laughs> of course. But the thing, uh, I won't be going for that one because I have a lot of uh, 4K movies lying about. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I got to do that because they're gonna gonna going to have an Ultra HD player in this sure. one. So. Yeah, 4K player. That's, oh, yeah. That's actually like a big up to me. That's one of the main reasons that I do plan on buying a PS5. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wonder if other people are thinking about that or not. Yeah, I am... Um... I just recently, I think earlier today, I saw it might not be true, but it was possibly a leak of like the price tag because they didn't reveal the price right. tag or the release date. Hmm. And I saw a thing that said that it's going to be seven hundred dollars, seven hundred, which is six ninety nine far more expensive than what I thought they were going to do. Because I remember them saying like a year ago that they didn't want to go too crazy with the price. Mm -hmm. It was going to be similar to what the PS4 was. What was the PS4? What, it was like four hundred. I thought. I thought it was like five hundred. Maybe it was five hundred. I don't. Maybe know I'm for not sure. sure. But seven hundred seems like maybe the breaking point for some people. Seven hundred is probably. The maximum for yeah, me. That's like it's probably the really absolute it. maximum for me. Any higher, and I would not go for it. Yeah. So maybe they're smart and they really did their research and they were like, "Yep, seven hundred's the max." I mean, I'm, I'm to... I'll buy it for seven hundred dollars. Eight hundred, I straight up would not though. I'd wait for a price drop. Yeah, that it's yeah seven hundred. I can do, though. but hopefully it's not seven hundred. I do wonder if there's what the price difference between digital and 
physical is going to be, hmm. you know? I feel like it'd be the same. Really? The exact same? Yeah, I mean, there's not really a big difference. One has a Ultra HD player in it. Yeah, I know. Well, okay, yeah. Hmm, maybe it will be cheaper. I guess I didn't really think about it. So that. what if, like, the physical one is, like, 700 and the digital one's 600? You know? I would get the one that's 700. Yeah, sadly, I know. So I would I, would I, watch I my movies. Do my 4K movies, yeah. I have a 4K TV, but I actually don't have a 4K player. Same. But I do have, I think I have three 4K movies. I don't think I have any 4K movies because I never had the 4K player. So I was like, I don't well, want to buy a 4K. Well, luckily, most 4K uh, movies that you buy come with the Blu-ray. You know how they used to be oh, Blu-ray yeah, and yeah, DVD? Yeah. Now, it's mm-hmm. if you buy 4K, it's 4K and Blu-ray. And DVD. No, they And usually... VHS. That'd be an interesting idea. The four-piece combo set. I would love to see a director release a In movie a film reel. And the physical release was like a VHS or anything. You know, it's sick. like, there's no 4K. It's VHS only. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, what are you going to do? You want to watch The Five Bloods? Better get a VCR. That would be cool. That would be cool. Um, Anyway, you know what else is cool? What? Grand Theft Auto. Five. Finally, for the PlayStation 5. The long-awaited <laughs> Grand I know. Theft Auto Everyone's 5. been waiting for a Grand Theft Auto 5 to finally come out. Wow. Not six. Or five. <laughs> Just to be clear. Five. Cinco. Yeah, the it, the one that came out on the PS3. Three generations. This game is three generations of but it, consoles. But it is like the number one biggest media. It's huge. Right? Like I mean, it's insane. I, it's just like I understand wanting to milk it. Yeah. And they said it's expanded. I remember them saying GTA 5 expanded and updated for the PlayStation 5. So I wonder if they're going to make the map bigger. I or somehow doubt it. That. I, I don't know why. It just that doesn't make. I don't know. I know, but they. I just remember them saying expanded, and I was like, "Oh, expanded." Well, what else? There's got to be other games other than ones from the PS. Many other right? games because GTA. I don't really play too much anymore. The I've big, never played it. It's really fun. I mean, I played. I played GTA Three and Vice City, and those are the only ones. You're missing out. GTA Four was like the one that propelled the series into GTA Five, which is like. I think I'll wait for GTA 6 at this point. In 2035, yeah. we can have GTA 6. Perfect, maybe. fine. And then we'll have that for 70 years. Um, Spidey, though. Spidey what? Spidey oh, yeah, Man. Spider-Man. Not Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Miles. So it's kind of like Uncharted Lost Legacy, where it's not like a, it's not like a full sequel, but it is its own game. It does stand by its own, but it's not like well, a full-fledged don't expect as much from it as you would from Spider-Man 2. It's going to be a little bit smaller in scope than a full-fledged game. You think so? Yeah, they came out and said that. Oh, I didn't see that. Because, uh, do you know Lost Legacy? They did Lost Legacy, and then Infamous First Light was another one of this type, where it's directly related to the game. Probably about, I don't know if I want to say half the size, but maybe three quarters of the size. I Yeah, I remember Infamous you know? First Light. But yeah, that's fine with me. I imagine that because this will be a 100% Miles focus. Yeah. And then an eventual Spider-Man 2 will be both of them together, Mm. you know, which will be very exciting. And Mary Jane. And Mary Jane Watson, who's going to become the Green Goblin. Ooh, maybe. I think that'd be interesting. But what do I know? I hate comic books. Same. Anyway. Um, I don't know how big into racing games you are. Not very... But I haven't really been into I them like, lately. I like, wait, uh, Burnout 3 Takedown. That, 
Listen, Mm-mm-mm. Burnout 3 Takedown, literally top three games ever of all time, in my opinion. I agree. That is a fantastic game. Game rocks. I went through, I think, three discs of that game. I think I bought it three times because the first one I got scratched all up, and the second one I think I lost, and now the third one I still have. It's but so good. It's such a good game. What is it? Like, what did they do that made it so perfect? I need a remaster or a remake. I wonder if they have one. Speaking of I remakes. Speaking of remakes. Uh, pretty important video game that came out a long time ago got remade. Actually, it's a pretty not important video game that got remade in well, the grand scheme of things. A pretty not important video game that became very important. True dat. And is now coming back for like 90% of the player base of this game series to actually play for the first time. What are we talking about? It's Demon Souls. Demon Souls, the first forefather game. of the, the Souls forefather. genre at this point. Yes, you know, it is a genre want, of game. Basically, yeah, a whole freaking genre. There's been tons of little like spin-off games yeah. that other people have tried to do and none of them are better. Bloodborne's good. But Bloodborne is, is them, yeah, by. it is them. But it is not like a spy from. Doesn't have souls in the yeah. title. Like there's Lords of the Fallen, which was like me. Neo. I didn't really like Neo too much. I know a lot of people kind of liked it. I didn't play it very much. I liked. I thought it was play. okay. Bloodborne's hands down my favorite. So Bloodborne Two would be great. But it's you know, not gonna happen, dude. Never, Come on. really, never. You think it's never gonna happen? I think maybe in like a while. But Bloodborne Two, I doubt they've even like sat down and been like bloodborne 2 in the future and they were like yeah i don't think that's happened at all well you know at least i think the demon souls remake makes me feel like they don't want to stop making souls type games well it's not from soft right it's blue point yes yeah who they did shadow of the colossus right did they the newest I one i think they did like the newest shadow of the colossus yeah. one I, all i know is they're well known for doing good work right so it's kind of exciting yeah um it looks really good i wonder how it's gonna play right yeah if it's gonna be like identical or really messed with you um know? who knows what they're gonna do and i saw a video vati posted he's like one of the biggest souls youtubers right did a thing where one of the game files from like the OG Demon Souls was like had like a cut area in it, and mm. he was wondering if maybe they would bring that area into the new game to like actually be an explorable area for this Ooh, one. That'd be really cool. Which would be sick. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, we'll have to find out. We'll have to find out. Uh, what else? What else was there? There was There's Resident Evil Eight. Big, big games. Yes. Which I'll be real. For a split second, I was like. Bloodborne 2? <laughs> no. I'd never I never even thought it for a second. No, I know. I knew in my heart that it wasn't, but I was trying to convince myself. It's like, this could be Bloodborne 2, but there wasn't right, right, right. outwardly freaky stuff. But Resident Evil 8, I, I know you're not into Resident Evil, but I, I am. No, not really. I mean, I played, I've played a few of them, but I haven't really... I can't say I'm not into it, because I guess I've never really mm. like actually tried it before. I've played all of the mainline games except for three... And then Revelations 1 and 2. So I've got a pretty good feel for the series, I think. There's yeah. a lot of games. So I probably played half of them in total because they have a ton of spinoffs. I've seen a lot of funny clips of them. Yeah. Where the dudes are like, like I don't know which game it is, but it's like where the one dude just kind of like walks around and follows you. And they make it so like if he shows up, it plays like DMX. Oh, that would probably uh, Resident Evil 2 remake. Probably, Resident I don't know, but it's just funny, like, the dude's just walking around yeah. the house, and all of a sudden, just like, X, go and give it to right, you, yeah, yeah. and then, 
Yeah. No, so no, I don't no. know. Resident Evil Eight. It's gonna be another first person one, which you know is interesting. I I mean, my whole thing oh. is, I I call I totally called this, and I don't have anybody to back me up on this. But the first three games are fixed camera perspective. So like you walk down a hallway and like the oh yeah, yeah. Like that like mm-hmm. that whatever. Four, five, and six were like the over the shoulder third person kind of view. So I was, I swear, I was going around. It's like seven's not going to be like a third person game. It's going to be something else. The first three games were fixed camera. The next three were third person. The next three are going to be first person. And genius. it came true. It came true. I'm a genius, but I have nobody to back me up on this because I didn't really tell I back that you many up people. Now. Thank you. And I'm certain now that nine is also going to be first person. So let's see if that falls apart. And then what happens after that? Like. Worms eye. It's gonna. It's a uh, worms eye, <laughs> not bird's eye. You go to worms, worms eye. No, it could be like like a like a moba. <laughs> Resident Evil moba. The Resident Evil moba. That'd be sick. That would be sick. You'd be Jill and you could be Nemesis and Salazar. All these names I don't know. That you don't know. This. Rebecca. Um, what else was there? Project Athea. I don't even remember the trailer for that one. I just remember kind of being like, oh, that looks cool. That was the one that was made by the Peep Luminous Studios who did Final Fantasy 15. I think this is the game oh. that they're working on right now. Uh, Project Athea, not sure if that is the title. Or yeah, I assume a, it's just like the working, working title. The working title. Because it, it makes me wonder if like, is this Final Fantasy 16? You know, like that's oh. a possibility. That would be kind of crazy to me. I don't expect that. Mm. But I also don't think Project Athea is the actual title. So yeah. I, I guess we'll see. Um, I wanted to ask you what you thought about Ratchet and Clank. I thought the Ratchet and Clank trailer was very exciting. Yeah, because I know you're super... I'm not really super into it, but he's big Ratchet Clank guy, right? Ratchet and Clank, the first game came out in like 2002. So I would have been like three years old. Nice. <laughs> and so it's it's a game series that's been with me all my life. And uh, it's, it's, it's just very exciting. It's uh, what they did, what it looks like they're doing is a continuation of the series that they've been doing since the beginning. Cause you know, in 2016, it was the movie game, you know, it was the game based around the theatrical release, Yeah, which you know I what remember. theatrical release just tie back to movies real quick. It wasn't bad. You know, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I felt with this movie, the perfect way to kind of encapsulate how I felt about it was that it felt like watching a compilation of cutscenes on a YouTube video. Oh, it's like yeah, Ratchet yeah. and Clank game cutscene compilation and just watching it like that because there were some parts where the story kind of jittered where it's like, oh, that seems like you'd have a gameplay section in between yeah, yeah, yeah. these two scenes, you know? That's how it really felt to me. And I, I, I That's funny. I felt like, but the game itself, the 2016 one, Yes. While the story still, you know, wasn't fantastic or anything, it was probably the best gameplay to date for the series. It was on the newest console, you mm-hmm. know? So the PS5 thought it's very exciting. And I thought also, it looked really cool. Will. Girl, Lombax, very exciting. Yeah, and it's I, not Angela. Okay, I'm just gonna ignore you for a second. Go, guys. For there's it. a girl, Lombax, and it's not Angela, but she has a tail. So I don't know what that means. I think Angela is never gonna come up ever again. If she if she does come back, that's very exciting. Also in the trailer, did you notice when they're flying through the dimensions? There's a part where like Clank goes like, "Where are we?" I swear that's Haven City from Jack. Jack and Daxter, like Jack 2, you know, because that part that they're in is the part of the game where if you go there in Jack 2, there's a poster of Ratchet and Clank in the streets. So I swear it's the same place, but I don't know for sure. But that's just my, that's just my theory. That's just a theory. A you can't say it. Theory. No, no, it's the copyright. You can't say it. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't want to get attacked. 
Anyway, that's all I have to say. She's super cute. We don't even know her name, but I'm sure the furries Who? are loving it. People are calling Speaking her Mallet. Speaking of the furries. Speaking of the furries. There was like a... What was it called? I don't remember. I have no idea what you're talking about. There was like a furry game. I don't want to be like offensive oh, or anything. Oh, uh, uh, Goodbye Volcano High or something like that. Yeah. The chat was being very offensive. They were. When that trailer was playing, it was really bad. And shame on those people. They were, but I don't know. That they didn't really. I it didn't. I don't know what kind of game it is. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like a vibe, <laughs> like a furry vibe sesh. I don't know. It, it 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 looked like it would be like a visual novel, you know. Yeah. But it could be like a like a telltale, maybe like a Life is Strange or something like that. Could be. Know? I don't know. Could but... be a first person shooter. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to talk about every single game that got announced, but there was probably one more that was pretty interesting for you, hmm. which I guess, you know what? I did do this week that I'd never mentioned. I started Horizon Zero Dawn. No, you didn't. Yeah, but, but I, I just started. Literally, she turned into an adult, and then I turned the game off because that intro oh, section played, was long. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty long. So she turned into an adult, and she had the Ashley Birch, I think, voice, and yes. I was like, okay, that's a good place to stop. I need to watch Defy Bloods now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I can already see how intense it's gonna get, dude. You know, Horizon Zero Dawn. Listen, everybody. My personal favorite single-player open-world game ever. Wow, big shoes to fill. It's sick, and I'm so hyped for the sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, which is kind of a strange name. Why? I don't know. I just don't know if it really flows. I have a I have a question. Does Zero Dawn ever make sense? Yes. Okay. You cool. will understand what Zero Dawn means. Okay, cool. Like, way later. See, I was expecting it to be Horizon One Dawn. <laughs> sure. Because that because zero to one, you know, that just makes sense to me. Yes. There will be a big revelation where you're like, oh, this is what Zero Dawn means. Sweet. Okay. Well, Forbidden West seems pretty self-explanatory. Right. Yeah. It's the Forbidden West. Um, and you can go underwater. That's that's a thing you can't do. Yeah, you can't go. Well, there's not really. I wouldn't say there's. Well, there is. You can swim. But you can't go like Dive. under. Yeah, it's called diving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But it looked. I don't know if that was gameplay or like just something they made for the trailer. But underwater looked really mm -hmm. sick in yeah. the game. I uh, wonder what we'll see as far as like gameplay expansion goes. You know, like if they'll give her like a machine gun. Yeah. Hopefully. Because she's got like a bow and her staff. She needs a bazooka. Well, I guess she has explosive. So I guess it's kind of the same. Right. She can say like bombs and stuff. No. Anyway, exciting. You know, the, so the story has somewhere to go at the end of the game. It has places to um, go. I, or does it seem like it's kind of a totally out of left field, like new direction? I as far really as story know, goes. Even uh, though we don't know the story. There, yeah, there wasn't really much yeah. in the trailer. But I'd say the first game ends in a pretty good spot. But there is... A place where it could go because there is this one character that is kind of interesting okay that's all i'll really say because i don't want to like yeah, spoil anything spoil for you i just want to point out that i'm not gonna be like committed to playing it and updating you know like video games for me i play whenever i feel like it whenever i get a chance you know right. i mean i guess that's how i do movies too but i just don't feel like playing video games as much as i do watching movies but you know if i ever get through it i'm not gonna I'm not a person, at least I used to be, but not anymore, who's going to scrounge and get every collectible because there's those little audio logs and stuff. 
I'm not going to be a lot. Yeah. I'm not going to be the kind of person to like go and collect everyone. I'm probably going to mainline it pretty hard, Mm -hmm. you know, and just see where it gets me that way. Playing it on hard. You got to get the, the OP armor though. Okay. I'll try it. You have to. No promises. I'm just saying. You should get it if you want your life to be easy peasy. Yeah, as far as as game stuff reveals, that's all I really wanted to talk about. I have a few, just a little bit, things that did not happen. Oh, That frustrate me. Okay. Um, No God of War 2. Yeah, well, you know what? It was kind of weird because there was a lot of God of War in, like, the promo footage that they used, you know? Like, at the beginning of the stream, like, the hype reel. There was like God of yeah. War 3 footage and the new God of yeah. War footage. And I was like, oh, wow. No God of War 2. We don't know what Thor is up to. Upsetting. Yeah. I don't really like to see that. Um, People really like God of War. I thought the game was pretty dang great. I, if they make, well, if, when the second one comes out, right, I would right. like to see um, a really big. I said this for Horizon Zero or Horizon Forbidden West, but a really big expansion of the gameplay, you know, like right, yeah. just the axe and the blades would not cut it for a second one. Like, give me like two more weapons. Oh, you know, that's where I'm at. Oh, you know, I want, I would love to see even more variety in that sake. If it's going to be a whole new, maybe game. the shield, because the shield is kind of underutilized itself. in the first game. Sure, maybe yeah. they could get like a whole skill tree with the shield. That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know though. But the other big one, the big. The big Kahuna one that mm. I'm just like, bro. Elden Ring, where are you? Elden Ring, it, it, the one year anniversary I think has passed since we first heard about it, where and that was the you? only time we heard about it. It's literally George R. R. Martin, one of the greatest writers ever. I don't know if that's a, I don't know what people think about that. Pro- mm, probably, but an extremely talented, people, extremely talented writer that writer that people love, teaming up with From Software. One of the most beloved game design companies ever, I would say. Yes, I love Armored Core. <laughs> I do. And Eternal sure. Eternal Ring. Anyway, continue. Making an open world RPG like The Witcher, kind of, that's written by George R. R. Martin and designed by FromSoft. If, well, here's the thing with that. Wait, in Sekiro, do their lips move? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I hope they keep that in the in the this one i hope nobody's lips ever move okay and i hope it's like there's a story reason oh so they can explain it away and be like see we weren't being lazy there's a reason yeah but it's not laziness i'm just making fun yeah no information about that when we got like a little itsy bitsy 30 second trailer like over a year ago and still nothing well would you rather have the game be delayed a year or the book be delayed another year He's a busy man. I know. He's too busy. He needs to cut back. He I know. Too he hard. just. Okay. I want. As long as he doesn't. Let's say he doesn't die for the next 20 years. Okay. So he's like 70. So let's say he gets to 90. Sure. I want the game to come out. <laughs> like ASAP. Because I'm not done with all the Song of Ice and okay, Fire. Okay. Books. Well, here's the question. It gives me time to finish those. The last book or the game? The last book, not the next book. The last book. The Dream of Spring. Or the game. I can only have one? Yeah, choose. He can only finish one. He's all he has time for. I want the game. Really? I want the game. Wow. I know I'll piss a lot of people off, but I want the game. Because you don't even know if the game's going to be good. You have precedents for the for the. I know, I technically, I don't know if the book's going to be good. Yeah, but he hasn't done game before, so he's got zero credibility. 
but he has done stories. I get that. But the books have been good so far. Yes. I don't know. Uh, I want the game. Sorry. <laughs> I want the game. All right. That's all I have to say. That's fine. Well, speaking of games, there's a game that I think is coming out like next week or something. It's really soon, which oh, is The Last really? of Us Part 2. Ooh. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going on with that that I don't really want to get into. But the game no. leaked. People weren't happy. But reviews came out from critics, and you know everybody seems to... Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, I'm people pretty sure. played it already? Yeah, and uh, people seem to love it. It's got great scores, you know, 99s and everything. Oh, I will be playing it. I will probably be watching you play it. You want to watch me? Maybe I'll... Maybe, can we stream it? I don't care what you do. I, I'm not going to stream I it. I might stream it personally. I'm not going to stream it with you. I'll be there. We could. I can moderate your chat if you like, but... <laughs> yeah. I, with my <laughs> one viewer, that's you. Right. I can mod my, mute myself for 60 <laughs> seconds. Uh, but anyway, do you know who Johan Rank is? Johan Rank. Well, he's a guy who did Chernobyl. He won an Emmy for his work on Chernobyl. And he is going to be directing the pilot for the HBO series The Last of Us. Mm. Which, as far as I know, is going to be Joel and Ellie. Joel and ellie it up for Ooh, HBO. So it's going to be like Last the, of first, us one. the first game as, far as, as, I know, as a yeah, show. Exactly. Whatever. That's yeah. That's how I feel about it. Because Last of Us 1... They always do this. ...is really good. Very. <laughs> it's very, it's very quite a good. good game. Yes. I don't... I don't know. Maybe overrated, depending on who you're talking to. Because some people really... I mean, I really love it, but I, don't know, I guess some people might blow it out of proportion. Yeah. But still, worth your time, just as far as, like, the story itself goes. And, you know, the gameplay's good, serviceable, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's he did Chernobyl, which was very... Chernobyl was great, yeah. Yeah, I didn't finish it. You never finished it? No, I never finished it. I'm sorry. How many episodes did you watch? One. You know TV. Oh. You know me and TV. It's 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 like four episodes. I know. That's why I need to do it. But I didn't finish Maniac either. You didn't finish Maniac? Exactly. I start these things, then I just I can't. How do you do, do that? How do you start something and not finish it? Because I don't have time, <laughs> and then I I have to watch Spike Lee movies, and I'm like, well, yeah, okay. Uh, but anyway, he's doing it, so it's in good hands at the very least. Yeah, you know, it's in good hands. Definitely gonna check it out. Oh, I'll watch it. You but... know. But yeah, whatever. Hey, right. It's just if it is literally the game, the first game, mm-hmm. but as a show, I mean, like beat for beat, it won't be that exciting. Playing the game is like watching a show, exactly. You know, so Naughty Dog does all that like cinematic stuff with like Uncharted and all that. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about this. Have so stop me if we have. But have we talked about the idea that a sequel can like, if a sequel can like ruin something that comes beforehand? You know, I don't think we have talked about that. Well, is that something you believe or not? Could The Last of Us Part Two, if it was awful, could it tarnish Last of Us One? No, I don't know. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that either. Because be- that would be like us going back on Game of Thrones, our Game of Thrones right. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few times. Yeah, I believe that it can maybe, if, like the art itself as a piece of art is not tarnished, but it, it, it does tarnish your perspective sometimes. Right. Yeah. Where you can see something cool and be like, Oh, but it doesn't matter. Cause blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But if you can just block that part of your brain out. Yeah. And you're just like, Whoa, then it's fine. Wow. Azura high. Azura high is a really cool idea. And it was really fun thinking about 
who could it be and who could they so why are we talking about <laughs> let's stop we have a whole podcast episode four go watch it or yeah. listen to it because we don't have video for that one yeah we you don't. can hear us complain about game of thrones anyway we've got like two more quick little news segments here um okay do you know cops <laughs> oh boy do i <laughs> well cops the show from paramount network or yeah. spike tv right um it's over they've canceled cops it's done in you know uh lieu of the whole state that the states are find themselves in currently yes uh you know probably a, i mean the thing is it was like a money maker for them as far as i know it was on like its 50th season or whatever do people you actually know? watch cops i think people fall asleep while cops is on so a lot of people watch cops a lot of people are upset about this really at I least seen from much what discourse. i've heard or seen people like I can't believe they canceled cops it's like did you even really watch it right no yeah no I but didn't. they're just angry because reasons yeah because <laughs> well, they're stupid i believe there was also a show called live pd that also got canceled it was the same exact idea yeah and that also got canceled plus i've seen live pd it's boring really yes they're just like oh let's go check in with officer michael and officer michael's like walking up to somebody's house and there's like a dog and he's like make that dog sit down or I'll shoot it with my shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what happens? Yes, it's very boring. Nothing exciting happens on Life PD. But maybe I haven't seen it enough. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know. Not not a big loss for me personally. Yeah, but I agree. It is interesting that they're choosing not to profit off of it anymore. Well, good for CBS. Sure. I'm. Yeah, who knows? We'll see. I think they're trying to phase out unscripted programming anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, so good i don't know so cops the world is a changing farewell cops for the better and live pd Hopefully. lastly here our good old buddies criterion uh lifts paywall to stream daughters of the dust and more black films for free oh nice so I they've know that. they've got a few a good collection of uh films made by black creators or made by white creators that capture you know the black experience um that they're Putting up to stream for free, like Daughters of the Dust, as I said, Down in the Delta, Portrait of Jason, Black Panthers, a bunch of good stuff, right? And uh, that's for free. And I think they're also doing monthly $5,000 donations going towards... Wow, very nice. You know, helping... I'm not sure exactly where it's going to, but, you know, they said it's going towards supporting organizations fighting racism in America. So, you know, Criterion, I'm glad. Keep uh, it up. I feel good that I can support them. You know, yeah, because I I do enjoy Criterion stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, good for them. Keep it up. So, uh, why don't you tell us what what's what's next? Yo, you already know. Yo, 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 you already know. It's time for the spotlight, yo. Oh, you don't want to talk about dark? Earlier, you were like, oh, we oh, gotta talk about dark. Shoot, I forgot. Hey, everybody, dark. You know the show on Netflix, the the time travel one. It got a new trailer. New trailer. It's very cool. You get a little bit more information, a little bit better understanding of what's going on. Um, I liked it. Exciting. Yes, I'm very excited. June 27th, the day of the apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. That is that is very cool what they've done there. The important date in the show is... Yes, the, it's cool. And it's June 27th, 2019, right? And the show is at 2020. I thought it was 2020. Which is crazy. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen actually on June 27th in real life? 
Um, hopefully not what happens in Dark, because oh, that would be very not good. That would be very not good. But um, Dark isn't The Simpsons, so we're, we should be safe. So, so I mean, we think. Unless we are The Simpsons. We'll see what happens in 33 years. I guess. that That's when it's going to come back. <laughs> Pennywise. Pennywise is going to be yeah. back. He's going to kill a gay person. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, now, I, unless you have more. No, I was just going to say that we're going to talk about it when it comes out. Yes, we will. And that is definitely a show that I will be keeping up to date on and not stop. See, Dark, I don't I don't know what it is about Dark compared to Maniac or Chernobyl where I was able to keep up with Dark it. Dark is like better that. than both of those. Wow. That is why. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. Is it? I think so. People really like Chernobyl. Yeah, Chernobyl's good, but it's not Dark. Sure. Yeah. I think I honestly, part of it, and maybe this sounds weird, was just enjoying a German television show. I know. There's yeah. not. I haven't really seen much like German cinema. The most of the German cinema I've seen has been horror. Like one of my favorite, and it's kind of a hokey horror film. But one of my favorite German films is German horror films is called Anatomy. Mm. But the Y is I E because I think that's the German way. Very good. Again, a little bit. Yeah. You know, fun. You know, oh, you know that horror kind of goofiness that it gets to. Mm-hmm. There's a sequel, which is even more goofy, but it's also pretty good. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Anyway, now it is time. Now, sorry. Now it's time for the spotlight, yo. And the spotlight is the Spike Lee joints. Spike Lee. Director. Actor. Yeah. Writer. Mm Mm-hmm. Producer, I would assume. I don't really know if that's true, but I assume he's produced some of his films. Right. Um, Sports fan. Nick's. Super fan. Wow. Um, I guarantee you've heard of him. Right. I can't think of anybody who wouldn't have heard of him. Um, we're going to talk about his movies. And also, you know, because his newest movie, The Five Bloods, just came out yesterday. literally yesterday. Yeah. It's very exciting. Um, Which we watched. We did both watch we did. that. So, heads up. Full spoilers for all of these, including The Five Bloods? Yes. Okay. Full spoilers for these... I'm just going to go ahead and list the movies we're going to talk about for you right now. Yes. Okay, go for it. We're going to talk about She's Gotta Have It from 1986, his debut film. Yeah. Right? Do the Right Thing from 1989, Malcolm X from 1992, Crooklyn in 94, Four Little Girls, which was a documentary in 97, 25th Hour from 2002, Inside Man from 06, Chirac from 2015, Black Klansman from 2018, and of course, Defy Bloods, which just came out yesterday. Literally yesterday. I watched it this morning. <laughs> I watched it yesterday. No. <laughs> so, uh, why don't we talk about just a little bit of his early life? Sure. Know, just get a little bit of early info for him. He was born in Atlanta, Georgia, which was very interesting, but he very quickly... Um, Moved to Brooklyn. I didn't right? know he was born in Atlanta. I've been to Atlanta. It's very nice. Is it? I, I've yeah, I had a lot of fun it. when I was there. Yeah. So. Is that where you went to the Pride Parade? Well, you didn't go to the Pride Parade, but you crossed a Pride Parade. Is that that trip? No, that was in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's Pittsburgh. Gotcha. gotcha. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, he has three younger siblings, Joie, David, and uh, I didn't... How do you pronounce... I'm so sorry. His name looks like five plus a U and an E at the end, but um, five is in French. Maybe if you click on it, it'll say how you pronounce S- Cinque? it. Cinque? Cinque Lee? I would assume it's Cinque. Okay. Um, but they've all 
worked on different parts of his films. They've all been a part of his his experience, uh, film experience, mm-hmm. especially Joie, who's been in a few of his movies. And uh, but he got the nickname Spike from his mother, actually, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, very. In college, he enrolled, and maybe you'll catch this. I don't know if you knew this, if you looked it up, but he enrolled in Morehouse College, a historically black college. And you remember in Five Bloods, that was where uh, David, that's the where yeah, he yeah, went yeah. to college. That was the sweatshirt that oh, he was rocking and everything. Oh, I didn't so know where that. You go, I didn't you go to the house. You go to the house, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, so that's where uh, Spike Lee went to college. That's super cool. Yeah, he got a, a BA in mass communication. And uh, he went to a badass. Yeah, exactly. And uh, New York University's Tisch School of Arts, where he earned a Master of Fine Arts in film and television. Heck yeah. But yeah. So the first film we're going to talk about from him is his debut, the first movie he ever made. She's got to have it. She's got to have it. She's got to have it. Or, she or else. She's got to have it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and it was in 19... Uh, 86. 86. And this had a budget of $175,000. Which is not and, a lot. And he shot it in two weeks. Oh, I didn't know. Two weeks. So, 175000 Guess how much it grossed. True, man. I'm going to guess not a lot. $7 million. Oh, so a lot. This was like a breakout. Wow. Oh, crazy success. Okay. $175,000 to $7 million. Oh. You know, a, f- a fantastic profit off of that. I didn't know that. I think, okay. They underestimated, I guess. Right, exactly. Can't underestimate underestimate the Spike Man. Man. The, the Spike Master. Spike Lee. Mookie. Mookie. But that's not this one. This is Mars Blackman. Yeah, yeah. Something that maybe you don't know is that he does take a role in a lot of his films. Yes, quite a few of them. Uh, which is very interesting. It's uh, I don't know if you feel this way, but he's honestly usually some of my favorite parts in each movie. Yeah, is what Spike Lee does. And maybe he does that on purpose. He's like, man, Probably. this part's really good. So I'm, like, gonna I'm gonna give it to myself. I'm gonna give it to myself. Which you know, I appreciate that. Sure, sure that's what I do. Anyway, let's talk about She's Got a Habit, uh, black and white. Well, mostly black Most and white movie. Ninety six percent. Black true. and white. Yes, true. 4% in color. So why don't you give us like a quick little synopsis of She's Gotta Have It. She's Gotta Have It is a movie about a woman who's gotta have it. That You know what? That's actually pretty, that's pretty I mean, literally. darn good. She is, uh, I guess you could say, a sex addict, you know? Mm. And she's has three boyfriends, and it's just kind of her and her relationships with these three men mm-hmm. and how they all interact with each other you know yes and uh i know there's a like a tv series that spike lee either produced or is directing from like 2018 that is she's got to have it it's the same idea oh. but it's like a netflix show i think i didn't know that i, I haven't i don't know anything about it other than what i just said but you know gotcha that is interesting because i was thinking about this in a modern context mm. and i was like if this took place in modern day would they get introduced to other boyfriends and then just be like, okay, cool. Because <laughs> that is a possibility. Maybe. People are a lot more open to that these days, I found. Mm. Anyway, uh, things you liked. I enjoyed the vibe of this movie. Sure. It was a major vibe. I think this movie is a big vibe, kind of aesthetic. Sure, yeah. Um, I liked, it has like a jazzy 
score that well, I enjoyed. Don't most of his films have a jazzy score? Yes, but you know. Yeah, no, I understand. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. Well. it. Um, it was a little funny mm-hmm. at times, um, but I thought it was okay. My favorite part of the film. I'll just start with my favorite part of the film was the way that he photographed the. And this is going to sound a little crass, perhaps, but the way that he captured the lead actress's form, her, you mm-hmm. know, like there's a shot I remember where it is her breast and a, a nipple, a bare nipple, right? Sure. And it's a very slow shot of the man coming to kiss the nipple, right? And I just thought it was a, with the way that he used light and shadow in that shot was very well done. And it reminded me of that shot from Mad Max where he's coming out of the sand. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but it reminded me of that. And I thought just the way that he used shadow... Um, and I, I guess specifically like on a black body as opposed to a white body, you know, mm-hmm. how it cap, how it reflected light and everything, uh, it was very well done, you know? Yeah. So I thought the physical aspects of the sex acts were enhanced by his, by, uh, him and the cinematographer's vision yeah. for those scenes, you know? I would have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, or I felt like when I was watching some of the performances, it, just kind of felt like they were just reading the yes, script. I 100% agree with that. And I, sad to say, especially with the leading lady. Yes. I was not super impressed with her performance in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I Spike Lee was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Spike Lee was really good. <laughs> I think if I had to make one major criticism, and I, it's hard to say it's even his fault, I guess, because it was just so early. It was a learning process, you know? Yeah. I think the moment-to-moment dialogue between characters was very good, but the overall writing for, like, important scenes, you know, the specific words that he would use when it was, like, time to move the plot forward and everything, I felt, like, specifically uh, the rape scene, you know? Mm-hmm. I felt like the writing was a little bit of a, a disservice to the themes and stuff. Like, I felt like if the writing was just a little bit better, it could have punched... I mean, you could say that about anything that it would yeah. punch the movie up, but I felt like the themes that he was going for and the depth wasn't helped by the lack of depth in the language and words that he used, you know, mm-hmm. I just felt like the writing was the weakest part of it, you know, which is a big deal when you're making a movie, you know, Yes. which is why the movie's, you know, good, but okay. Yeah. You know, I'll, I, I will be honest and I, um, I'm not proud. Okay. But I did I did fall asleep watching this movie Aww. for minute time, but okay. I did. I did fall asleep. Sure. Not because I was bored, because I was Very disinterested d- oh, okay. for yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, it was still good. I won't lie. I always perked up whenever Spike Lee, that was when I was at most attentive, you yeah. know, and probably least attentive with the muscle man. I forget his name, Greer or something like that. Yeah. Like the main, not, I don't not the say, main like, the dude, main. the, the oh. third one, the, mu- he, the, the one where it dude. took him like 10 minutes to, to take, take his, his shirt clothes off. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, she's got to have it for a debut film. Definitely a good job. Oh yeah, know? for sure. You expect a lot worse, honestly. And that uh, profit. Good yeah, job. Seven million. Seven million off 175 K. That's great. So the, you ready to move on? I'm ready. I don't have anything else to say about she's got to have it. I have a lot of things to say about the next movie, which is do the right thing from 1989. Three years later. His third film, I believe, 
and he would have been like 30 ish at the time i think mm-hmm. and uh what to say about this movie uh, I'll start it, I guess. Sure, uh, this ahead. movie is a masterpiece. Yes, this movie <laughs> is a 10 out of 10, hands down, one of the best movies I've ever seen. And if you know me, you'll know this, but if you don't know me, you won't. Me calling movie a 10 out of 10, big deal. It's, yeah, dude. This man's critical. I think I've had, I think I have maybe 13 10 out of 10 movies that I have listed, right? That's not many. And this joined it to make it 14 now because this movie is like a masterpiece. It's so good. It is. And it's sadly just as good and relevant now, which is kind of fucked up. But yeah, uh, quick little synopsis, I guess we should just people don't know. Uh, Because again, this is a movie that I feel like everyone should be talking about all the time. Yes. And I, I haven't heard about really. I know. I saw Edgar Wright tweeted about it, like, a few weeks ago. Well, that's great. Edgar Wright, he knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what's this movie about? Um, oh, man. What's this movie not about? Mm. Um, it is the hottest day of the summer. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn on basically just one street, one neighborhood. Yeah, one block. Um, and Mookie is, who's played by Spike Lee. The main is character. A, pizza delivery man and it's basically broadly just about the happenings on it's a day in the life it's a day in brooklyn and the, the hottest day. the hottest day in brooklyn um but you know i guess the main plot is one of the characters who's played by Giancarlo esposito right does not enjoy the fact that in the main pizzeria on the block that's owned by this italian family has like a wall of fame but they only have italian people on their wall of fame and he wants there to be some black people on it since they're in like a predominantly black community Mm -hmm. um so he wants to boycott the pizzeria and tensions rise tensions do indeed rise and i it's like there's so much to say that it's kind of hard to know where to start so i want to start with like the technical aspects and stay away from like the themes and stuff until the end um, but technically, uh, there is, uh, a lot of, not a ton, but there's enough fun art stuff going on, but like the cinematography, mm-hmm. uh, there are wit pans between Mookie and Sal yes. at a certain point when they're having a back and forth with, the, which I thought were really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, again, <laughs> this is going to sound kind of weird, but one of my favorite so- scenes from <laughs> oh. this film is when there's a naked woman on screen. What the heck? And man? he's he's got an ice cube and he's trying to cool her off, you know, putting it on her lips and her other areas and everything. Yeah, sure. But again, he just shoots it very well. You know, yes. What can I say? I'm sure that he also appreciates the female form. Yes. I can tell. Um, the I really enjoyed the colors, the use of color in this yes. movie. And also, I don't know really how he did this, but like you can tell that it's hot. Yeah, in this yeah. Movie. like you watch this movie, and you're like, "Dang, it's hot!" Right? Yeah, it, it, he gets that across very well. I wonder if there was like a spray bottle or something, and they were like spraying everybody <laughs> with like hot water to be like, "Here," you know. <laughs> but yeah, when I was watching, I was like, "Dang, it's hot outside." Yeah, yeah, it's. But it's I'm just in like my air conditioned room. See, this is as opposed to she's got to have it. The moment to moment dialogue between characters, you know, the kind of not fluff, but just like quick back and forth, you know, between characters is very believable, very sounds real Mm -hmm. and the important scenes 
the the really important impactful dramatic scenes the writing is like many steps above from she's got to have it yes you know uh getting the same ideas across in fewer words you know in more profound ways uh especially between i really liked a lot of the scenes with the italian brother you know yes because he has uh issues with the the local people you know he's a he's a racist and uh you know he he, he, like, tries to convert his brother to also being racist, but his brother's friends with Mookie, mm-hmm. you know, and there's stuff with that. And I thought that was that those scenes were all just really well done mm. in kind of understanding the mindset of a person like that, you know, um, which I'm sure, you know, it's probably from personal experience of right. dealing with people like that, you know. Uh, what else is there to say about, I mean, the music, again, it's right, yeah. great. It's all, all of his music and all his films. I'm sure he pays close attention to mm-hmm. cuz it's always fits the scene, it's always well done. Yeah. It's um it's honestly a pretty like funny happy movie. Yes, it is. It's a like, very funny movie. The first 95% mm-hmm. of it. Um and it all it has like those themes that you can see like yeah. underneath, but then once you get to the ending, that's when everything really you just kind of let's go and you're like, oh, mm. dang. You know who else is uh, creating this movie is Samuel L. Jackson. I really like yes. his character. <laughs> he plays like a radio host who literally has a radio set up like right outside his apartment window or right inside. And he just looks out the window and he'll just like narrate people walking by and play music. You uh-huh. know? Yeah, it was, super it was a very fun. interesting character. Yeah. And it's always nice to see Sam. Yeah. Love, L. Jackson. He's he's good. We love yeah. Sam. But even talking about Spike Lee taking on the the primary role in this film, uh, as always, as everything I've seen, really good. Yeah, know? he's really good in this movie, it's, actually. I, I'm surprised he hasn't acted in way more because he, he really is a good actor, yeah. I think, you know? Um, maybe it's not his thing. I guess not. He likes doing his own. Maybe he just doesn't like being told what to do, you know? He's like, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And he makes good stuff because this movie is very well done. Yeah. Is this Giancarlo Esposito's like big break? I don't really know much about his career, but I don't know either. But I he's like big now. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't seen. If him you don't anything. know, that's would be uh, Gustavo Fring on from like Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad and Better yeah. Call Saul. Uh, that's what I knew him from, you know. And he's also mm. in The Mandalorian now. Yes. But uh, yeah, it it could be as bugging out, bugging you out. Know, <laughs> who you know is, is like a hilarious character for the first ninety five percent of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way that a lot of his movies work is you have a lot of characters who are very fun. You know, you have a lot of fun characters, like obviously, uh, uh, Radio, oh God. Radio Rahim. Radio. Rahim. I was trying to think of his yeah, name yeah. too. That's why I was looking it up. Yeah, yeah. Radio Rahim is great with his uh, love and hate going on with his uh, the love and hate brass brass nuts. Yeah, exactly. Damer. What do you think of Damer? Damer, I thought was something that the movie desperately needed because it's someone who kind of we're getting into kind of the themes now but someone who kind of as a homeless person existed a little bit outside of the system that everybody else was in and was kind of able to offer an outsider's perspective in a certain sense while still understanding what was going on mm-hmm. you know but he, he was just an outside perspective and a good guy you know which mm-hmm. was nice uh I guess we should just get into like the meat of the meat of it. The meat. Should we just say what happens at yeah, the end? Yeah, explain the ending of the thing. So, again, I think if you watch the movie, 
this ending is it doesn't come out of nowhere but it is kind of a departure from the rest of the film so if yes. you are really interested in this movie maybe you know watch it first then listen to the rest of this just up to you i don't think yeah. it's going to ruin anything no. but if you would like a pure experience i'll just put that out there for you guys yeah basically at the end of the movie radio rahim and bugging out go to the pizzeria to confront sal sal he's the owner of the pizzeria and they're like we need to put black people on this wall and he's like no i don't want to do that and radio radio rahim is playing his boombox really loud and he doesn't like that and they just kind of argue for a little bit and then sal destroys radio rahim's boombox boombox with a baseball bat yeah and then they start fighting mm-hmm. and the fight kind of moves outside and then the cops come and they're fighting outside and the cops come and they pull Radio Rahim off and guys, listen, just listen to this as he explains this next part. They pull Radio Rahim off and they like hold him up and they have a baton to his neck and they're like holding him off the ground and um, they just hold him there and he chokes and he dies Mm-hmm. And, and then what happens then everyone's obviously freaking out Mookie then goes across the street grabs a trash can walks back over and throws it through the window of the pizzeria and then everybody just runs into the pizzeria and they're wrecking everything destroying everything in the pizzeria then they light it on fire and the whole place burns to the ground Yeah, so that's the climax. Of yeah, the, there's a little bit more after that, but that's is. like the big moment. There's a resolving scene after that, but that is the big moment of the film, which I gotta say uh, sounds familiar a little bit to me. Yes. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're lying. Uh, but it is very reminiscent of uh, what we're seeing with George Floyd and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll be real. I'll just, I'll kind of spoil something right now uh we do a review of the week at the end of the show and uh my review of the week i was looking at the reviews of this movie and there's obviously a big misunderstanding i think personally with what's kind of like going on in the film and you see it with people with what they're talking about what's happening in real life right now and uh like people called this movie uh like a hate movie mm. you know like it was baiting a race war and stuff like that which i think is just a major misunderstanding because they do something really interesting at the end of this movie. Spike Lee did. Do you remember what he did? The very last thing you see? Yes, the quotes from Martin Luther and Malcolm X. Yeah, there's two quotes. And the first quote, I don't have it in front of me, but I'll just kind of, uh, you know, not plagiarize. Paraphrase. <laughs> Paraphrase. <laughs> Paraphrase it really quickly and butcher it. But it's something, it's basically violence begets more violence, right? You know, violence is not the answer to ending racial uh, right. That's what Martin Luther's quote is. Right. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Malcolm X uh, had a similar quote, which was kind of opposed to it, which was violence in self-defense is not violence. It's intelligence. You yes. know, so it's I don't think it's making I don't think maybe I would like your opinion. I don't think the movie is making a statement on either idea. I don't think it's saying no, exactly. Other. It's just like. Love and hate. It's the two sides of sure. the same thing. I think that maybe uh, they're both right in a, in a way, mm-hmm. you know? But 
I thought the quotes were very powerful. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X had shown up in various parts of the movie before. They show up in a lot of his movies, obviously. Yes. Uh, and hmm, I just want to choose my words carefully. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to speak too off the cuff. But I think with a movie like this, where when you think of it in real life, because it is strikingly similar. Yes. And it was made in 1989, and it's 30 years ago. Yeah, it's 2020, and it's happened we still have this problem i think it's a thing where hmm i'm so sorry i just really want to get this right there's i don't know if this movie is an indictment of police i'm not sure if it is Hmm. because the police are the ones who do kill raheem in the end you know they strangle him you know i don't think sal is to blame for raheem's death it's the policeman that strangled him right yes and i think that in a lot of his movies or maybe half of his movies there is kind of an indictment of police um you know as a negative force for black people you know and personally i kind of agree with that sentiment a little bit um i mean when you think of the police i think the modern day police are kind of built off the back of you know slave patrols back in the day that would you know capture runaway slaves and beat them to keep them obedient and in line you know and that moved on to when they weren't slaves anymore just moved on to lynchings you know and things like that and i there's something that i hear a lot where it's like uh people say oh the the system is broken and it needs to be fixed you know Mm. you hear that a lot and i kind of say fuck that a little bit. I think the system is kind of working exactly how they want it to work. I think the system needs to be broken. You know, mm. I think that it's working perfectly fine and this is just what is is preferential to who's in power right now. And I I don't know. It's it makes I'm just getting heated. <laughs> I'll just say that, you know. Yep. Get heated and it's it's normal to get heated, I think. I think it's right to get heated. And you also see things, I'm just kind of going off a tangent, but you also see people who would be like, oh, don't fight hate with hate. But I think that's people misattributing uh, people's anger. I think it's not hate, but it's a, a righteous anger mm. that you have to, to fight against these unfair things like George Floyd or uh, Breonna Taylor, right? Um, that things need to be changed. And, you know, that... I think we're at a point now and it's, you know what? It's not a point now, but I think it's always been this way that personally not being a racist yourself, like, Oh, I'm not a racist. I don't think that's enough. Really? No, it's, I don't it's think it's not. ever been enough. Like being like, Oh, back in the day, like being like, Oh, I don't own slaves. Right. It's like, right. Well, how does that help anybody really? You know, you're not hurting anybody, but you're not helping anybody. So I think the least you can do is speak out about it. You know, is the very least that you can do. Um, and I appreciate this movie so much because of its its it's just vision of the problems. Because when you think about the movie and you think about why they destroy Sal's, think mm-hmm. about the business owners in the movie. You got an Italian uh, family. You got a Korean family, right? Yeah. There's the, no there's the no market. black business owners in the thing throughout the movie. You, there's kind of a it's almost a a gag, you know. Where they yell across, like, yo, get a job. It's like, you know, everyone's like, hey, go get a job. It's like, but why don't these people have businesses? You know, why mm-hmm. isn't On that, their own street. On their own street. It's black people live there, but they own none of the the, the economy of the area, you know, mm. which I think is is representative of of the, the, the ties that 
are still here even today in 2020 of the the consequences of slavery you know people are like oh slavery happened a long time ago get over it yeah it's like well if people got rich off of slavery and they're still rich you don't tell those people to give all their money away mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you know like yeah. that um so it's just something like the 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 shackles the metaphorical shackles are definitely still here you can definitely still feel their effects because how many generations ago were people still actually slaves you know right and think about i mean uh, spike lee's fucking production company 40 acres and a mule is uh what was to be given to freed slaves right um as sort of reparations which when abraham lincoln was assassinated i'm pretty sure andrew jackson just took back he's like "Eh, i don't think so you know and Mm -hmm. uh it's just i think that the best time to watch do the right thing is right now um absolutely and i think that it'll help give you perspective hopefully um, and see that why people are so angry because this movie's from 1989 and it's the guys it's the exact same situation it is the exact yes. same situation you have and it wasn't just one cop it was a squad of cops actually in the movie there is one cop who says he says like hey let him go you know there mm-hmm. is one stop but that doesn't mean anything he just says hey you yeah. should let him go he still dies you know mm-hmm. and it's just the best time to watch it is now. I I really, everybody should watch it and expand your mind a little bit. You yes. Know? I don't know. That's, that's, I think that's all I have to say for right now. Yes. It's a very powerful moving film. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Sh- I agree with everything want? you said. Okay, great. <laughs> I disagree with everything you said. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, yeah. Do the right thing. It, freaking rules yeah it is a fantastic film i ordered it already i totally saw it immediately had to get a copy i will soon sure um okay wow uh let's move on to our next movie the third one of like 11 yeah um which is malcolm x malcolm x released in 92 1992 yeah long Three hours. I think it's like three and a half. Three and a half hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that when I plugged it in. I did. Oh, you, you I knew did? it was a real long. I plugged one. it in and I was like, oh, "How long is three And I was like, "Oh, okay. This is my whole evening." I yeah. thought I was gonna watch two. I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna watch one." Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say it. Too long. This movie's too long. A little it, too long. I just it, there's like a scene close to the beginning. Where they're like at a party, like dancing. Yeah. And I swear it's 30 minutes. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I get it. It's not 30 minutes, but it is. We are long. dancing. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, can we just cut this? No, not all of it, but, yeah. you know, cut it down. I do think the movie really does pick up once Malcolm X starts his, you know, like preaching and public speaking. Yeah, I agree. The movie really, really picks up from that. But everything from uh, before he went to prison. And yeah. even when he was in prison, I, I felt dragged a little bit. Denzel Washington still giving a good performance. The yeah, whole time. he's great. He's great in this movie for sure. But uh, yeah, it did drag a little at the beginning. But once he starts speaking, uh, I I don't know if those if some of those speeches were, uh, you know, original writings or if they were speeches that he had actually said and he mm-hmm. was reciting them. Um, I'm pretty sure the one at the beginning, the very beginning, must have been one a real one. Yeah, know? I really enjoyed the opening with the flag. Yeah, yeah it was the flag, and then it was also put over footage of uh i want to say rodney king being beaten by police you know mm. the, the that got caught on camera and it was a huge story back then of police brutality against black people 
And that if the speech is over that, and the, the burning flag. The flag is burning, and yeah, then burns exactly, into the yeah. X. Right, yeah, the Malcolm X, which was the, the poster starts. as well. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. Um, this is the first movie on our list, I think, that does the, the patented Spike Lee double dolly, where the camera's on dolly, and the actor's on a dolly, and they're both moving and, together. Yeah, and it looks like they're just like yeah, floating. like gliding. Uh, um, it's really cool. Yeah, it happens in this movie... Is it right before? Is it right before he's assassinated? I don't really remember when it happens, to be honest. I want to say hard to pinpoint it. I want to say it was right before he was assassinated. I think, um, or maybe like a scene or two before that. But it's near the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And overall, I would say that the that ending, the whole assassination scene where it happens and everyone starts freaking out, very well filmed and yes. choreographed. You know, it's it's it. I mean, it was just crazy thinking about how you would have to choreograph that many people mm. and plan that many actions again. And he did it very well. Yes. Um, and again, the effects as well. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, overdone. You know, you, you see a lot of, yeah, it's more not like Django do the blood. <laughs> well, okay. But that's a stylistic choice, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just a very realistic way that they do it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I learned a lot about Malcolm X that I had no, not known yes. about. very informative. There's a thing that I, I think I was taught about Malcolm X a little bit in school. You do a ton of, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And then Malcolm X is kind of like a footnote. Yeah. What What did you remember, like, just from school about, like, Malcolm X? Because I have a very distinct memory, and I'm kind of upset with it. I don't really remember learning too much about him, but I remember they kind of pictured him as, like, he's, like, the radical right. Martin Luther King. What what How the picture was painted for me was that, you know, Martin Luther King is the good one. And, and Malcolm, Malcolm X is, X is the, the the radical white hater. Yes. You know? And they go through the movie that, you know, there there was a time in his life where maybe he he didn't, he, he was for segregation, you know, stuff like that. But as later on in the film, you can see that he came off of that as he kind of stepped away from the organization of, you know, Islam. Mm. Um, he stepped away from that and he had good ideas. Yes. Like, you know, like what I, I had all been taught was you know he's a bad guy like straight up that's how it was taught to me was yeah this guy was no good right Mm. which is kind of like again i'm not i'm not taking this movie as historical accuracy 100 percent, right of course but to discredit him entirely you know seems i know kind of awful actually kind of pissed me off a little bit welcome to america this is america indeed um, Spike Lee was also in this one. He was shorty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there in the beginning, mostly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, still good. Yeah, he's fun. Denzel Washington is a better actor, sadly. I Is that a sadly? <laughs> no, or is it's not. It a... But, you know, can't compete with the DW. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Malcolm X, uh, it was good. Cut like a half hour off. Yeah. It's just, it's just much better it's movie. really long. It is really long. <laughs> What are you gonna do, Crooklyn? Crooklyn, great name. Yeah, Crooklyn. I love Crooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good name. Um, it's autobiographical. I'm pretty sure. Uh, sort of. It's like semi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, like certain scenes or stuff they remember from their childhood. From his but, childhood. Yeah. Um, I just want to get this out of the way before we actually talk about the movie. Okay. Well, I get this is about the movie, but it's not. It's like a very specific thing. Okay. When they go to the aunt's 
house. Oh, the the is, squeezed frame. Is it squeezed? It is. Yes. Okay, that w- that is a stylistic choice. I was like, is my thing messed up? See, I have a thing for that for Inside Man that I'll talk about, and I want to know. If I you didn't saw know, it. but I was just making sure that it wasn't well, my you know stream funny? messing up. You know what's funny? That happened to everybody going to the theaters too. They had to yeah. put up signs being like, "Guys." The film does squeeze. Stop stopping the projectionist and wanting your money back. That's just what the movie looks like. So it was a big <laughs> deal then too. So maybe that's why I haven't seen it in any of the other movies because people yeah, no. were like, what the hell? What did you think of it as like an artistic choice? It really bothered me. It bothered you a lot? Yes, it really bothered me. I think, hmm, I don't know how I would have done it differently. Mm-hmm. If I had to say, I would maybe only have... Uh, shots of certain characters be squeezed mm-hmm. you know instead of everything for it just that half an so hour strange squeezed. well i th- well again that's the point it's the right. strange world it's yes. like where all this money all this all these clothes and everything like what mm-hmm. is this world that she doesn't like you know she prefers yeah. her old life um so i th- i think that was the intent it's just you know maybe yes which is cool mm-hmm. but i just looking at it i'm like right ah. right because her heads go like this yeah, and, like, and, yeah. and i'm just like i don't know what's going stretched on stretched out um yeah or stretched in actually but i did i did enjoy crooklyn yes i thought it was good um i thought crooklyn i actually kind of i guess i kind of feel this for quite a few spike lee movies not all of them but i a lot of them i feel like the first half or the first third are kind of like dragging a little bit but it always picks up you know Mm. it never just keeps dragging it always picks up because this one i felt like i really enjoyed the beginning and then somewhere, like right before the second act, I was like, ah, okay. And then mm-hmm. once she actually gets there, it picks back up again, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's about a family living in Brooklyn. It's a mom, dad, and four, five kids. Four boys and a girl or three boys and a girl? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's tough. Yeah, there it is tough. Four or five kids. Yeah. Um. And, you know, they're all, they're not bad kid actors, you know. Which no, is, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Because that's always a fear whenever I see kid actors. I'm like, am I going to yeah, hate like, this mm-hmm. entire movie? But yeah, Troy, the little girl, was great. Yeah, she was good. Um, And it kind of starts with her just like life. And then she has to stay with her aunt and her affluent aunt and uncle for a little bit. And then she goes home and she finds that her her mother's sick. And then dies, and she kind of has to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, yeah. it actually, the one thing that I did, did really like about the beginning was that they kind of hid the fact that the little girl was the main character. You know, at the beginning of the yeah, movie, yeah. it's the family, right? Mm-hmm. And then by the time that obviously she has to stay behind, it's like, oh no, this is the perspective that we're seeing the movie through, mm-hmm. which I thought was a very nice choice of kind of hiding that. So you get to know all the characters equally. You don't kind of show favoritism, you know, in that yeah, way. Yeah. That aunt though was annoying. Dude. <laughs> she was the worst. Bro. <laughs> but the... The part where the dog comes flying. Oh my god! Of, comes flying out of the bed. Yeah, a dog is smashed a, and killed. A dog is a chihuahua. M- absolutely murdered in this. It movie. was a chihuahua, right? Or was it like a pomeranian? It was a small dog. Yeah, I think it was pomeranian because it was fluffy. They're like, they're like jumping on a couch, <laughs> and 
then they like get off it and she's like i can't find my dog it ran away Queenie. and then like well you have to go to bed pull the bed out of the couch yeah. and they're the pulling the bed out, of the couch out and the dog just like <laughs> pops out like flies and at first them. like i didn't realize that the dog was dead at first i was like oh the dog like whatever and then i was like wait they the dog's actually just dead and then it hard cuts to like them burying the dog i'm like wow and then they're just like i hate that stupid dog anyway i was like wow okay. yeah i was like wow that was just it's a, a good, moment good part um i really enjoyed the mom in this movie yes um, yeah, her yeah, performance yeah. and everything she's very good uh the scene very early on where she's like hey clean this kitchen um i have to go to work clean this or whatever clean this kitchen whatever and then the kids don't and they go to sleep she storms in the house busts open the door flips yeah. on the light get your asses out of bed like you know <laughs> yeah. spanks them all get them get them up giving them brooms and everything it yeah. seems so that must have been something that actually happened to them oh it for felt sure so real you mm. know I was like, I definitely said, it's like probably like midnight or something. And she's waking all the kids up to clean the kitchen. Like she told them to. Yep. Gotta uh, do what you're told. I thought it was a very good scene. That yes. I, yes. Very much liked it. I thought this movie kind of felt like everybody hates Chris. Oh, did you yeah. get that? I, yeah. I kind of feel I was that watching. Now. I was like, yo, yeah. this is just like everybody hates Chris. I love everybody hates Chris. Great. Yes. That's a fantastic great show. show. Um, or I guess everybody hates Chris feels like Crooklyn. That is true. I think. 1994 who knows yeah probably i don't know to be honest yeah, i don't yeah. really know when everybody hates chris came out no it had it had ferb in it or phineas i mean so it must have been after right um i don't know like the voice actor was probably in it, yeah so. uh yeah crooklyn crooklyn um, pretty good yeah the the scene at the end where the mom has passed and she's talking directly. She's like sitting on the stairs and she's talking directly to Troy. And I, th- I think it might've been a letter that she wrote to Troy or whatever. And he made the decision to have the character like kind of be brought to life and sit on the step, talk directly to the camera. Be like, oh yeah. Troy. That's in a few of his. Yeah. Yeah. I a, noticed that was kind of a, something that he did in the five bloods even. Yes. You know? And I, I thought that was a really good idea. Talking like directly that. to the camera. Yeah. I like it. I see. You know, I don't know if it's true, but I felt, felt like, uh, I see that in like Barry Jenkins. Maybe he was influenced a bit by that. You see yes. that kind of talking straight to the camera and like Beale Street and Moonlight and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I feel like it's a very effective technique that is maybe a little bit underutilized, mm-hmm. you know, but I really enjoyed it in, in this one. Definitely. And by the end, you know, she, I think that I think some people might see as a bad thing about this movie is that it's not very final at all. Like the final thing that happens is really like they go to the funeral, you know? Yeah. But I think that's, the point a little bit because it's kind of her maturing Mm. so i don't want to say it's like the end of her childhood but you know it's kind of presented as like the beginning of after her childhood yeah well like the very very end she's just like she's sitting with her dad right and then she's just like it's good that she died so she didn't have to suffer and he's like right that's a nice way of putting it and then it just ends yeah 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 I, i i think it's more set as not an ending but a beginning you know, be- mm. the beginning of the rest of her life. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, some people might see that as not final enough for them. Sure, yeah. I disagree. Up next. Documentary time. Documentary. Four Little Girls from 1997. Yes. I did not know about this. I did know a little bit about this. It was part of some of the studies that I've done. Hmm. But, uh, I mean, 
how much do you even want to talk about the actual? Well, we can just say, you can just say what happens. Sure. Like what, what the documentary is about. There was a bombing that killed four little girls, you know? In a church. Yeah, a race-motivated yes. bombing. Um, I don't even remember the guy's name. Members I, of the KKK yeah. bombed a church and murdered four little girls. And that is what the documentary is about. Right. And uh, obviously, the it is a very emotional subject yes. matter, you know, especially because you're interviewing people that knew them, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically speaking, it does a thing that I always look for in documentaries. I believe this, it was nominated for documentary, perhaps. It was, yes, at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, just speaking of like Oscars, how Do the Right Thing didn't get a Best Picture nomination crime. even. is an absolute crime. It should have taken crime. it. But back to Four Little Girls, it does a thing in documentaries that I always prefer to see where the narration is non-existent, really. There's a few points where you hear Spike Lee... I believe that Spike Lee asking questions. It is, yeah. Here. I watch with subtitles, so it, it would say oh, like cool, Spike cool. Lee, blah, 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 blah. It sounded like him. But I always hate watching a documentary where you cut from interview to like narration, you know? Yeah. I always feel like that feels very uh, inorganic. Mm. Where this, it's 100% either Spike Lee asking a question directly to a person or them replying to the question. And you get the whole, the whole uh, series of events that way. You know, and I think that's a really effective way of doing documentaries, and that's always the preferred way for me. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think the yeah, I agree. Yeah. So if you want to get informed about this, uh, spoiler alert: best thing about this is that there actually was a little bit of justice in the end. Yes. You know? Um, it's not something that just ended with, and then the world moved on. There was actually uh, a little bit of justice done the person mm. who did it got got they got got yeah which is is great yes very good um yeah you're good yeah it don't really have too much to say about it just it's you know, solid solid documentary next we have uh kind of a, a different direction a little bit very different from his other films which is 25th hour starring edward norton yeah and philip seymour hoffman and the other dude that I don't know. But Barry, I recognize him. Uh, Barry Pepper. Yeah. That's his name. He's from Saving... He's the guy in Saving Private... He's the sniper guy in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. That's what you know him from. Um, He... Or Philip Seymour Hoffman in this. It He's so good in this, I think. He is good. He's got such tremendous range as an actor because I totally believed him as this kind of wimpy dude or whatever mm. and then i think of him in the master and i'm like i totally believe him as this charismatic cult leader you know yeah and it's crazy that the, the range actor. that dude had he is greatly missed he is um by the 25th hour uh i don't know if you caught this it was based off a book i just say it okay it was based off a book I and know. got adapted into a screenplay and the person who wrote the book wrote the screenplay and that person is the one and the only david benioff who is the person that ruined Game of Thrones? The one half of the people who ruined Game of Thrones. Uh, so what is your overall opinion of the 25th hour then, knowing this information? Hey, 25th hour is pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good too. <laughs> um, I will have to say that personally, hands down, my favorite double dolly is from the 25th hour. There's two of them. I'm trying to think. It's in the club where uh, the Philip Seymour Hoffman student. Anna Paquin. Yeah, they kiss in the bathroom or whatever. And then she walks out. 
Well, her. no. First, it's she walks up to him, and it's the double dolly of her. And then she goes to the bathroom, and then he follows her. They make out, and then he leaves, and it's the double dolly again of him oh, walking yeah, yeah. away that from it. That one was great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Specifically yeah. the Philip Seymour Hoffman one, but I thought they were both very good. Definitely my favorite of, of his double dollies, you know? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the plot. <laughs> one, I have one thing that really bothers me okay. with this one, just about the main thing. The movie is about a man, Edward Norton, who is going to prison mm-hmm. or going to be going to prison and yes this is like his last day to live it up before he goes to prison for a long time right that and it kind of bothers me because he's like listen i understand going to prison not good yeah not great but it's only seven years and they seem to make it they make it out at least i think in the movie to be like this like 45 year sentence that yeah. with no parole mm-hmm. and i'm just like it's like seven years yeah, like yeah that's like long that. yeah but i was just like maybe we could just make it a little longer it's better than the 14 counts of eight to ten years that malcolm x got right exactly but they served concurrently so it's okay <laughs> especially with the end the ending yeah the ending like kind uh, of ending conversation yeah yeah it did seem a little weird uh because like you said seven years like if you were going to prison tomorrow for seven years are you going to prison for seven years or are you running away and trying to get a new identity in some western town right yeah um i'm going to prison if you're asking exactly exactly that's what i'm saying because then when i'm done i can enter society again but i don't know uh I think that the movie, again, it is weird because it is a departure from his other stuff because it really doesn't go into the, uh, at, like, does it really ever talk about, like, racials? It does a little bit, actually. Um, Remember, he has the monologue or the diatribe, I guess I should say. That monologue. Into rock. the mirror. Yeah, the, the fuck you monologue is yeah. what it's called on YouTube, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like... He's, like, talking to a mirror, and uh, it, I've seen people criticize it, but I disagree i actually quite liked it yeah i was like this is because great. it's a criticism of everything around him in his city right he's mm-hmm. saying so like oh fuck the korean grocers and the the cops the deadbeat cops and everything like that um but really it's a it's him and everything he hates about himself just projecting outward onto other people right mm. and that's at the end of he literally says but most of all fuck you and he points to himself right yeah so, so that's kind of obvious but then at the end of the movie when he's going to prison you know, he looks at all those things that he criticized earlier in the film with kind of nostalgia almost at that point. You know, he looks back and people are like smiling and stuff like that. And he sees it in more positive light. And he's saying goodbye to the city at the time. Yeah. Um, Rosario Dawson's in it. Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano herself. She's fine. Yeah, she's good. She doesn't get a lot to do, really. I don't think I've ever seen her like this young. Did you, did, uh, did you see Rent? No. Okay. Um... But yeah, yeah, she's she's doesn't get as much to do as I would have liked. But again, she wasn't really much of a star at that time. I guess mm. there's um, um there's a scene <clears throat> that I really liked between Philip Seymour Hoffman's character and Barry Pepper's character, where they're sitting in front of, of a window, and in the background is where the twin towers used to be. This movie yeah. is, takes place right after nine eleven, which is interesting for a reason that I'll get him into. Yes. Um. It doesn't, that doesn't really matter in the scene, but yeah. they're just having an argument, but it's probably like a 10 minute 
conversation slash argument and it never cuts one time. Yeah. And I just think the actors did a really good job like memorizing all that dialogue. And I thought that scene was like really, really good. Yeah. Um, not that it was a ton of dialogue. I mean I thought it was. It was like long. Have you ever seen a play? Shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Um uh I I really liked I liked actually all their scenes that those two characters had together. I liked the when he was doing like the you're in the 62nd percentile of men, oh yeah, of yeah. Bachelors, you know I thought <laughs> that scene was kind of ninety nine. It's like I'm gonna what makes you in the ninety nine, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I is this movie trying to be about nine eleven and like pre and post nine eleven. Because straight up, the book that it's based off um, was written before 9-11, so it didn't have any allusions to it, obviously. Right. But this movie kind of, at certain, like, the, that conversation happens literally right next to the, the rubble, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know if it's trying to say, because I kind of got that feeling that it was trying to, but it never, like, really made a solid connection. But I felt mm-hmm. like the movie wanted to you know the idea of what life was like before 9-11 and what life has to be like now you know like mm. it kind of got that vibe at certain points yeah. but again it, it, it felt kind of lopsided to me if it if that was true at all maybe i'm totally off base but you know any thoughts no i didn't i don't think i really felt that it was like a 9-11 movie see i didn't feel that until that conversation happened and yeah. then i was looking for it and I got like little, t- I'm like, is that supposed to be? And it, I guess it never came to fruition for me. Hmm. Maybe, maybe that's just on me. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but we have kind of three different story or yeah, three different storylines going on. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's, uh, Ed Norton's and then Barry Pepper's sort of, you know, mm-hmm. Ed Norton's obviously the main one. And uh, his is the only one that gets resolved really. You know, yeah. The other two just kind of get left where they are. You could make sequel movies with the other two characters, so can't wait for the twenty sixth hour. <laughs> but, um, I think that it wasn't a. I think it was a good decision. I think it just kind of helped flesh out the worlds that, like, uh, sorry that you're going to prison, but I they still have their own lives. You mm-hmm. know, it's like Ed's not going to see the end to these ordeals because he's going to be in prison. You know, yeah. Um, and. Yeah, it was it was just good. Edward Norton reminds me a lot of David Spade. The way he sounds. Yeah. He sounds I, like David Spade and sometimes that just makes me laugh cuz I think if if it was David Spade instead. Yeah. I have I felt this I don't know if it's because I haven't really seen like a whole bunch of Edward Norton movies, mm-hmm. but it kind of and this movie is like kind of like only a few years after Fight Club. Mm-hmm. But I just couldn't help but feel that he's playing the same character that he was in fight club. Well, not the same character. Well, yeah, <laughs> now that would be a twist. Yo, hello. Um, but I just kind of felt the same, huh? Who's going to prison? I don't know. Uh, Brad Pitt is going to prison actually. Spoilers. Yeah. But then, you know, in the, especially at the end when he's like, I want you to beat me up, which yeah. is like literally a, like a mm-hmm. mirror of yeah. one of the scenes in fight club where he's like, punch me. Would you, would you have casted someone different? I don't know. That's a tough question. I think I kind of liked Ed Norton in this. I think he's good. I just think it's like. I think I liked him because I can kind of root for him in like an underdog sort of way. Mm. You know, even though he hits on a 17 year old. Oh, no, she was 18. 
even though he hits on an 18 year old when he's like 30 or whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's like i'm old enough to have to ask yeah but yeah 25th hour all spike lee's of these that we've watched are above average yeah you know? we've seen like half of them yeah yeah half of all of his movies yeah and most of like his most important yeah, ones, most yeah. important ones Next, we were kind of staying on the, the departure train a little bit with Inside Man from 2006. Yeah, Inside Man. Heist movie. I, You know what's funny? I had seen this movie, and I just didn't remember. Oh, really? I had seen no, this No, I've never seen this. I, and, I oh, must have, I have seen not. it when it like came out or something. Yeah. But I once I got to certain parts, I was like, I remember this. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Cl- Clive. Clive Owen. Clive Owen. Clive Owen. Uh. I really like the his casting in this. Yeah, he's good. Um, because he comes off as believable, uh, believably threatening. I mm-hmm. think he can be that calm demeanor, but it's like, oh, I could believe that, that this person would kill someone. You know? Yeah. I I I believe that definitely. Willem Dafoe shows up. He's in this. He is small yeah. part. Yeah, very small part, but still, you gotta like Denzel. See Denzel again, right in the main part. This one has the uh, dolly of. Denzel, well, let's say what the plot is first. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, there is a bank, and it is getting robbed. And that's the plot. And, and then a detective is trying to... Detective Denzel. Is trying to save the hostages and defuse the situation and arrest the bad guy. Yep. So, uh, yeah, the dolly zoom in this one is after the, the robbers had just murdered a, a hostage. It's him coming to murdered. the door. Right, murdered in quotes, uh, comes to the door and in like a rage, you know, and so he's zooming down this road, you know, he's gliding, but he's gliding like really quickly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he goes straight to the door and he's like, fuck you, man, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before I saw uh, the 25th hour, that was my favorite one because of just the speed he was going at, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The part of this movie that I didn't like was Jodie Foster. You don't like her in this? I I just didn't think that her plot... It's one of these things that I feel like I say a lot, but it had too much screen time and too little screen time. But I think it mostly had too much screen time. Mm. Because the whole time, you're kind of like, okay, what is she? And we never really find out, you know? She's we, a person that can get things done. Yeah, that's like it. and that's So I feel like if we had... I knew that after the first scene with her, so we didn't need like nine. You know, right, we yeah. just had like three, right? Hmm. Uh, another criticism I have of this one is that in this one, for some reason, a lot of the dialogue is kind of not as good as his other movies. Mm-hmm. There's one line in this movie that I thought was awful. Okay, what is it? It made me cringe super hard. Do you remember? Yes, I do remember because it's near the end of the movie where he, she's talking to her client, Jodie Foster. And maybe this is why I don't like her because I hated this line itself. And it's not her. Like, it was just the line that was bad. Where she says, um, I knew there had to be something more than those papers in that lockbox of yours. And that means it could only be one thing. And that's where I thought that it would just cut to the thing. But instead, she leans forward and she just goes, Diamonds. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I, I thought it was really dumb. I like remember. they could, it, it should have just been like a show, not tell, where they could have just cut to them opening the bag and see diamonds, and she doesn't say that. Yes, you know? I have a big problem about uh, show don't tell things. So when she later. like goes die, like 
maybe it is her a little bit, but she just goes diamonds. Yeah, and it's like it sounds <laughs> really dumb. It sounds really dumb. This really made me angry. That's the end of the movie. Oh, Denzel yeah. is like, he just gets home and he's chilling and he's like taking off his jacket or whatever and he reaches in his pocket and he like feels something. He's like, what? Mm-hmm. And he like whips out a diamond and. If you watched the movie, you would be like, oh, you know, he bumped into him on the way yeah, out of the yeah. bank and he dropped a diamond in there. But then it's like, it like plays like a quote or something. He's like, I'm going to walk out the front door oh, of yeah. this bank. And then it cuts back to the to, moment to that the, happened literally like two minutes, two ago? minutes ago. Yeah. And bad. yeah, it's like Joker. It is like Joker. It's literally like Joker. It is like Joker. That is. Um, a, a, and I was just like, this, bro, like, don't insult my intelligence. Yeah, I, I, I it. got it, right. dude. The and only the ends. only thing that would have been worse is if he immediately got down on one knee and was like, will you marry me? <laughs> like, that would be the only thing that would make that worse, you know? <laughs> but still a good movie, you know, still a yes. really solid, like, th- um, thriller, really. Yeah. One, I have another kind of two minor complaints. Well, I, one of them, I guess, is kind of not minor, kind of major. Honestly. I have one more thing that I just want to see if you noticed. Okay. But you go first. Um, I thought the score didn't like fit this movie at all. Yeah, I found I found it very distracting, mm-hmm. and it didn't really fit. I don't the remember tone. it at all. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, I really, really disliked cutting to like the hostage interviews. Mm-hmm. I that really I didn't like that. See, and... I liked Big Little Lies. No, well, <laughs> no, I do understand what you mean. Um, I feel like if those were literally just chopped out of the movie completely, entirely. it would be okay. Hmm. I do, I do think they could have been done better, mm. but I would have kept them in. I think what the point of that was was uh, I think what could have been done better was the reveals of who the assailants were. Yeah, yeah. you know, because I think that was kind of the point of those scenes, where it's like, oh, maybe you can figure out if there was a way for like the viewer, if they were listening to the testimonies, to figure out who it was before the movie showed us. Mm. That would have been really cool, but I don't really think that was possible unless yeah, yeah. i just wasn't paying enough attention you know right but also has ziggy ziggy is in this movie if you've seen the wire and he's awesome he plays the same character nice you know who else is in this movie who janice from mr robot that is true she uh she's not only in this she's also in i know black klansman which when i was re-watching black klansman i was like what yeah isn't she because when i watched like, it the first time like two years ago yeah, i didn't know yeah. because mr robot hasn't been out mm-hmm. but now janice is like the number one worst person ever she was in the, she in was the a history good cop. of Mr. Robot. She's a good cop. Yeah. Yeah. He has a lot of actors that show up in his stuff. Like Samuel L. Jackson shows up a lot. Mm-hmm. She shows up a few times. You know what we didn't say? Martin Lawrence is in Do the Right Thing. Oh, he is. For like literally two minutes. He's a bit part, but he's good. I thought yeah. that was funny. Anyway. Well, I like seeing him. Back Young. to Inside Man. Yeah. What were we saying about Inside Man? I don't know. We were kind of wrapping it up with Inside Man, I think. Oh, I had one more thing that okay. I just want to see if you noticed. There was one scene in the middle of the movie where Jodie Foster is talking to the mayor. And she's like, oh, I would love to get down to the thing, the fundraiser. For, and then they go behind the closed doors. He's like, what the fuck do you want? Whatever. That entire scene, there was a high pitch ringing. And it was so high pitched. And I rewound it so i could make sure that i wasn't making things up and it would start when i thought it did and it did and it was so high pitched that i think it was something that you know as you get older you just start losing the the high registers of sound so i wonder now you're making me wonder is it's like can you just not hear that high so people go watch inside man bro and find that scene if 
please tell me if you hear ringing because I swear because I was like if people are editing this they're going to be like you know adults are probably mostly in their 30s they're not going to be able to hear this high like it could have been that it's totally there I need to get someone younger to listen to it and be like do you hear ringing I swear it's like interesting it's driving me crazy it's like a telltale heart Hmm. just like thumping (laughs) yeah but I thought it was I because at first I was like, why would they add a ringing to this scene? And I was like, wait, interesting stylistic choice from Spike, <laughs> right? I was like, you probably can't hear this. This is really really high. Um, yeah. So you didn't hear that? No, I didn't. All right. Well, maybe I'll play it for you after the show and see if you can catch it. Sure. Yeah. Um, one more thing. I have one more thing about this movie. Okay. Uh, the heist plan is pretty good. It is in this movie. It is. I, good heist plan. Um, I had already seen the movie, so I remembered. Did you catch on pretty quickly? What do you mean? Like, catch like on. hiding in the wall? Uh, no, actually. No, I was okay, like, yeah. I was really confused. I was like, what are they doing? Right. And he's like, that's a nice shit pipe or like <laughs> something. And I was like, what? I don't understand. What are we digging for? And then I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if anybody's tried this in real life. Yeah, I also wondered. I was like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look, when you look at the room, it shows the room like after they rebuild yeah. the wall. You can't tell. Mm hmm. But I feel like, like one of the mm. police officers, I feel like when they like sweep through a bank mm-hmm. after or whatever, I feel like they look pretty hard. I feel like you might have been able to figure it out. Maybe. But I don't know. They had all the boxes and stuff stacked on front of them, I don't know. Too, it so. was very convincing. Yeah. I would not have noticed. But I don't know. Uh, the, I mean, if you, if you, I didn't remember at the beginning, but his opening monologue is literally like, there's a difference between a cell that you're trapped in and a small room you put yourself in or something like mm. that. It's like, oh, he's hiding in the wall the whole time. And that's from the the inside the wall when he says that, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. How long was he in there? That was also a question I had because, listen, the bank ten days? gets like pretty messed up. I think it was 10 days. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And he's, you know, he's in there. Because I remember he they're in the car and... Uh, Ziggy's like he's probably gonna fucking stink. He's like, well, if you've been trapped in a wall in ten days, you'd stink too. So be oh, quiet. okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So I think it was ten days. Hmm. Also, you said last thing, but everything also. I know, but now I'm I'm thinking yeah, sure, about things. Yeah. Would somebody find the wall ever? Like oh, later? you mean the, oh, certainly, certainly. So then, would what follow. would they do with that? Did he have gloves on the whole time he was in there, so he leaves no fingerprints? Probably. <laughs> Well, no, he's these pro- are the questions. Well, again, he's probably he probably just flew the coop and he's out in an island somewhere, right? True. You know, unfindable. Yeah. So you know, there's that. Remember, he said he'd be in a hot tub with two ladies. Yeah, and yeah, that's just me thinking. Yeah, sure. But yeah, yeah I liked it. Inside Man, good. Next, we have a very interesting one that I'm. It's very interesting, which is Chirac from 2015. Chirac, nine year jump going here. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, Chirac. So Chirac is an opera. Is that what it is? I don't know. I, th- I, it's like a. It felt like slam poetry. Well, right. An opera is like a musical, but it's all singing. So if you say that rapping is a type of like singing, then yeah, it's an opera, I guess. Oh, okay. You know, because they're always the whole the crux of this movie. Which I did you know? What when you no when again, I was I was like, what are they? Doing? I didn't know it either. So when I started the movie, it starts at like a rap concert. So it's whatever. That's yeah. Like, he's yeah, rapping. This is fine. And then he goes to his apartment and he's still doing the rhyming. And I was like, wow, Nick Cannon's character is really obnoxious. <laughs> I was like, this dude's kind of a jerk. And then the girl started doing it too. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it's nice that they 
they both agree to be obnoxious together. <laughs> and then it kept happening. And I was like, oh, this is the movie. Yeah. I hate to say this. Probably my least favorite of the 10 that we watched. I agree. <laughs> and that is because this movie is about Chirac, if you don't know, is like a nickname that was given to Chicago because of the number of, of murders that happened in the city. A lot. Um, It like uh, exceeded deaths in Iraq of American soldiers, right? Yeah. Which is yeah, like crazy. Yeah. So Chirac is like a little nickname. And it's also the name of this rapper, Nick Cannon. And there's this gang war going on between the Spartans and the Trojans and all the women in right. the neighborhood. Yeah, it's based off of like a really old Greek play. myth. Greek. Yes. Or thing. Greek. I thought it was tale. like an old Greek Probably play Greek play, something. yeah. Something really old. Yeah, Lysistrata. That's the name of the main character and I think the name of the, yeah, yeah. the thing. Anyway, all these women are like, okay, to stop these gang wars, uh, no more sex. No more pussy for anybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I really like that idea of that story, adapting that. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem with this movie, and think about Do the Right Thing, because Do the Right Thing, I mean, it's different, but it's similar because Do the Right Thing is pretty funny, you mm -hmm. know, at the beginning. This movie starts with the drama. Mm -hmm. The drama and really serious, angry, you know, monologues are all front-loaded. Yeah. I didn't realize this movie was a comedy for like 40 minutes. Because the movie starts, it starts with a shooting at a rap concert, and then it starts with his house getting burnt down, and then a little girl being shot to death. Yes. And that's like the first 30 minutes, and then it's an angry speech by uh, John Cusack as a preacher. Yeah. This is a very angry movie. And then the movie starts being funny after that. You know? Like, yeah. I swear there wasn't a joke before that. So when it's confronting you with all these things to really stir you... And then it goes to Wesley Snipes kind of acting like a freak and giggling. It's it's very jarring and it really tarnished the film. But the thing is, what I don't understand is that it would be... I don't know if the payoff of what happens with the little girl where you find out that uh, Demetrius Dupree, you know, Chirac, is the one who accidentally killed the little girl. Mm. I don't know if that payoff would have been as good. But the the drama, I feel like, should have been backloaded. You know, it should have been at the end of the movie mm. to where you put all that drama into it and, and keep it funny up to then because that's what Do the Right Thing does and it it's fantastic. Right. But when you start it with all this drama and all these downer images and messages, mm. uh, it it when they want you to laugh, you're kind of like, oh, I'm supposed to be laughing now after I just saw a dead little girl right. on yeah, the street. Yeah. I feel like it was a really messed up. But after that, it gets pretty funny. Mm -hmm. I think the funniest scenes are with that brotherhood of of guys and they're like these women aren't letting us have sex with them or whatever he's like even the DL guys aren't giving out any and it's like how do you know that I don't know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah 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 I thought that scene was hilarious um, but, and then the movie the thing that really gets me is that the movie never really gets dramatic again though mm -mm. except with the the revelation that uh, right, at the very at end. the very end but other than that it's all comedy mm. and you know what the worst thing is what's the worst thing i think the most uncomfortable scene happens pretty shortly after all the dramatic stuff which is when david patrick kelly as general kong general king kong general kong the general dude at the armory rides a a, a cannon in nothing but 
like confederate flag oh, everywhere yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he's riding it he's tied up he's like oh baby oh you're lighting my fire and all that stuff yeah. and she ties them all up or whatever and takes over the armory and that happens like immediately after like the dead girl <laughs> and it made me it just didn't feel right yeah yeah all right yeah that's got to be my biggest thing it's just the tone shift is mm. too quick and misplaced you know i'd have to agree but it was still i thought it was okay yeah, it, again, after that, it's funny. Dolomedes is uh, was Samuel L. Jackson, who's playing like a omniscient kind of narrator to the whole thing. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. He was he was very fun. His, yeah, his rhyme stuff was probably like my most favorite, you know? Yeah, he just kind of shows up and then drops some mad heat. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, the, rhy- the rhyming stuff in general, how do you feel about it? Hate it, love it? I... It bothered me i think except when samuel jackson did it right i disliked it most of the time i think it was best when it was specifically tied into jokes mm. but whenever it was like trying to get exposition across and they were still rhyming i felt like it just got in the way but when they were building jokes around the rhymes you know like the the dl one that i just said he's like how i know that i don't know like that kind of thing was really funny. I felt like the payoff there was really funny because you're trying to figure out the rhyme before he finishes it. And he does the joke and you're like, oh, and it's kind of that yeah, activation yeah. of the joke. But when it was actually like plot stuff, like this is what we need to do and they still have to rhyme, it just gets in the way, you know? So mm. if, if they would have just done it half the time, probably be a lot better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You no know. peace. No peace. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it was okay. I mean, uh, it which, has good. He's trying new things. Mm-hmm. What you, what'd you think respect. of the the dolly zoom in this one? I'll tell you, I liked it a lot. Uh, it was where they were doing the like peace negotiation, I guess, between Chirac and Lysis, and they brought out the bed in the middle of the big you know auditorium. Mm-hmm. It was a brass bed, and they're like, "Oh, the brass bed. <laughs> That's only for one thing." Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so he had his shirt off and he was like rubbing his fingers and biting his lip and slowly moving towards the bed. And then she was like undressing or something and slowly moving towards the bed. Uh-huh. And it was like yes, uh, yes, back to yes. back shot. I remember. And I, I like that one a lot because mm. it also kind of, I think they were like spotlighted, you know, so the rest of them, the background was kind of dark, you know, they were really bright. I thought it, I thought yeah, it was a good one. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree. Cause it, it, it kind of helped me feel like that, that magnetism, you know? It felt like the magnetism towards each other, towards wanting each other, you know? Yeah, right. Mm. It felt like the Dolly Zoom helped that effect. Yeah, the Dolly Zoom's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It makes me want to use it. I was like, what could I use it for? The thing that I know Spike Lee has said is that he loves the dolly, the the double Dolly, not Dolly Zoom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excuse us. <laughs> um, He loves it, but he doesn't... He's not the kind of person who's like, oh, I have to do it in every movie. You know, I'm glad that he has that restraint because if he just did in every movie, it'd be kind of tired. It'd be kind of like, you know, he's trying too hard. Mm. So he only does it when it's appropriate. And I respect that a lot. Which yeah. just so happens to be a lot of the time. A lot of the time. <laughs> you know, it was probably in like seven of these, you know. Yeah. And one's a documentary. So that doesn't count. Right. That doesn't count. If he did in a documentary, that'd be wild. That would be crazy. He does just like it- an interview and they're just like floating. <laughs> He, I know he does it in the credits of his actual masterpiece, 
Because do the right thing, I mean, it's fine, you know, but his real magnum opus is NBA 2K16 story mode. <laughs> now that is a Spike Lee joint. Did you not know about this? <laughs> NBA 2K16, I think it was 16, had a story mode that Spike Lee like directed. Oh. And you played as frequency vibrations and you were like a star basketball player. I did not know this. And honestly, it was pretty entertaining. Um, but uh, he does the same thing where dead characters sit somewhere and talk directly to the camera. He does that again. At the end, he does a double dolly where he's talking about the game and saying, like, thanks for playing. And, like, this is, like, the crew and everything. And it's just a do- double dolly on, like, a basketball court going from, like, one hoop to the other. Oh, I thought cool. it was pretty cool. Yeah. I just thought I'd point that out. Interesting. I did, I did not know. So NBA 2K16, this. check it out. Wow. I mean, it's not great. But, you know, it's a basketball game, so. Yeah. Next, we're getting into the recent, real recent. Very recent. Still in people's minds. Black Klansman, Mm -hmm. 2018, just a few years ago. Black Klansman. Right. Yes. Excuse me. 2018, two years ago. Um... This is the only movie that we've both seen twice. Yes. This is every true. single other one. Well, and Inside Man technically. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what'd you think on the rewatch? Well, Black Klansman is about, uh, based on a true story, about a black police officer uh, kind of infiltrating. Well, it's based on some faux real shit. Yeah, it is based on some faux real shit. Uh, a black police officer infiltrating the KKK. Well, how's that happen? Well, watch the movie. <laughs> it's, I I really actually liked it a lot more the second time Before I watched it again Before I watched Do the Right Thing Before I watched Do the Right Thing It was my favorite Spike Lee movie Oh um, Just technically I think it's really solid It's really mm. polished You yes. know um, And on the rewatch I think I appreciated John David Washington Denzel's son, yeah, is John David Washington. Mm-hmm. I think I, per- I always forget he's Denzel's son. Yeah, I think I uh, appreciated his performance a lot more. Yeah, he's really time. good in this movie. Um, and uh, I do have issues with this movie, but maybe you should say your thoughts before I get into my issues with the movie. Um, I was the first time I saw it, I didn't not like it, but I was just like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, but the second time, I, I don't know. I don't know who I've been for the past, like, two years of watching. Well, lately, I feel like I've blossomed Mm. much more in, like, my angle that I look at films. Sure. Um, But I don't really know what I was on the first time I saw this movie. This movie's pretty good. And when I was watching, I was like, I don't remember what I didn't really like about it the first time. Um, But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Adam Driver and John David Washington freaking rock in yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. Janice is in this movie too. Again, she says She's the N word a lot. Yes. Like an uncomfortable amount. Yes. Well, uh, I mean, once is uncomfortable, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, this whole movie is very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's obviously technically very well done, um, especially like the costumes and the hairstyling, I very much enjoy. Right. Um, and obviously the. Um, sequence at the end of the movie, right? The is real footage, very that powerful. To the end, yes, yes, it is. I remember that very specifically in the theater, 
the movie was like over mm-hmm. and then that happens and everyone is just like absolutely dead silent. Yeah. I mean, some people have called that exploitative. No. You don't think so? I, think, I so. think people call it exploitative because it is very raw. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so real that people are like, this must be exploitative because it makes yeah. me feel too much. You know, but I don't think making you feel a lot is necessarily equated with exploitative. Right. <laughs> you know. But it was it was a year out. It was like a one year anniversary, I think. Yeah. It, it, no, it was also big when it came out. Yeah. Because it was like super recent. Yeah. It was very, very recent. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I guess I'll get into that I didn't, I thought was weird. I thought it was weird for Spike Lee was that the, the last, like, I don't know, 20 minutes after like the main plot is like over, feels a little too good to be true. You know, feels a little like, uh, uh, after they get blown up. Yes. Okay. So, like, when they arrest the racist cop and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. It feels a little too good to be true. It feels a little too neat, you know? It feels a little Mm. too, like, once upon a time in Hollywood, Sharon Tate doesn't get murdered, Mm -hmm. you know? Kind of left a weird taste in my mouth, especially because in his earlier films, there is, like, a anti-cop sentiment. And in this movie, he's trying to, like, back that off as much as possible. By the end, he's like, no, there are a lot of good cops and everything. Um which just seems weird to me. And you know what's funny? I I read something from uh Boots Riley who did Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. Where he kind of came to the same conclusion where it's it's when people say something like A cab or 1312, you know, it's not necessarily saying that every cop, at least this is the way I interpret it, every cop personally is a bastard, but it's like you can't be part of that like institution and not be a bastard, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, like if you're in an army for like a fascist country, you can be a good person and you can be doing good things, but you're still working for fascism. <laughs> like, yes. you know, it's like, I think that's kind of the sentiment that at least I interpreted it as. Mm. So to see him back off of that so much, um, and especially because I know that uh, he has been like hired to, to like help relations between minorities and uh, like police force, like doing advertisements and stuff like that to kind of, bridge that gap Mm -mm. that was there i just it just felt a little off it felt i don't know insincere in a way maybe not himself but just like the message is like this message isn't it doesn't ring true to me Hmm. you know because like the the phrase that i mean i mean fucking everybody's spitting it out right now it's like oh a few bad apples right but it's like a few bad apples spoiled a bunch so it's like i don't know what it just seems weird that it was so pro cop especially because when the girlfriend in this movie is very she's like calls them pigs and whatever mm. um and i'm watching the movie you know like she's speaking a lot of sense to me mm. you know especially because even in this movie he as a cop gets beaten by two police officers you know while trying to stop a, an yes. assassination mm-hmm. you know i don't know i just felt like the the pro cop message felt a little fantasy and mm-hmm. didn't ring true for me i understand where you're coming from yeah, yeah. I, I don't have much more. Yeah. Do you agree with that or? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. You for you sure. You at least feel it. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if if that's all we have to say about Black Handsman, which again is 
really good. Probably, what would you? How would you rank it out of these ones? Like second best, third best? Um, I mean top five at least. Third. Third. Okay. It's not that important, but I was just wondering where you were at. Third, maybe fourth. Third and fourth can like flip for me. Well, that leaves us with just one then. There's one movie left. It's his newest movie. It literally, it's so new that it's a day old. It's a day old. It's what time did it come out yesterday? Probably at midnight, I'd assume. Midnight. It okay. came out at midnight. Sure. Um, there's a lot of memes already about the name of this movie. Oh yeah, I saw in the reviews. It would, like I saw one review. It was like the five stars, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, that's okay. funny. Yeah. Um, the five bloods. Yeah. Uh, a story about stuff that hasn't really been told before, as far as I know. It's no. shining a spotlight on stuff that we haven't seen. Yeah. So it's about five Vietnam veterans, black Vietnam veterans, returning to Both Vietnam. Four. Right, four. Um, returning to Vietnam to collect their fallen brother and collect some gold that they buried. Treasure. And uh, I remember when I heard about this movie, I remembered something that happened. It wasn't a big deal. I think it was like a Twitter fight or something. Yeah. But Clint Eastwood made those two movies, uh, flags of our fathers and letters to Iwo Jima. Yep. And I think Spike Lee called him out. He's like, you know, black people were in the Vietnam war and Clint Eastwood was like, shut your mouth. And he's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, but I'm pretty sure they, they patched that up. It was just a little, you know, he was Mm -hmm. pointing that out, but now he's been able to make his own movie and really shine a spotlight on that, which is great. Um, what do you think? I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good, too. I thought it was very watchable. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Especially, like, the second half. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, man. definitely fantastical, but in a in yeah. a good way, in a movie way. The, um, the opening sequence was probably, I'd say, the best that of all of his movies. I'd say that, because he does a lot of, like in the opening sequence tries to do something like kind of special I find in most of them. Yeah. And in this one, I would say it's the most effective. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, someone literally gets shot in the face. Yeah. In the opening, like not like a movie, someone getting no, shot in the footage face. Like of it's footage of someone literally getting point blank shot in the face. Yeah. It's rough. I, I don't know if I was crazy about that. I'll be real. It was that like, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was intense. It's like, yeah, that was like, wow. But um, but you did enjoy it overall. Yeah. Well, I mean, that didn't, I don't want to say that as like a bad thing. I mean, yeah. a lot of things <laughs> happened in Vietnam were really, right, really not good. Um, And that's just like showcasing that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, And it was, I found it very effective. Yeah. Um, Something they touch upon in the movie a little bit. They really only reference it, but I'm. Uh, pretty familiar with it is uh the agent orange yes the the pesticide i think it was used for in uh vietnam that the americans used mm-hmm. um i did back in the day i don't know i want to say like 2012 or something i did a, did some fundraising for agent orange i mean i was like a kid you know i think i raised like 10 the equivalent of like whatever 10,000 of their currency is yeah you know that's what i i raised for that so i learned a lot about it and you learned that it how it affects vietnamese people is that it um is creates very serious birth defects in babies Mm -hmm. like 
you can look it up, but I recommend you don't because it's basically their heads can get like twice as large than as normal. Mm. You know, their eyes can like pop out or like pop in to the sockets of their head. It, it's horrible. They don't live for very long, obviously. Mm. But it also has effects on even American soldiers who had to, to spread it themselves, you know. Um, it can cause a lot of cancers. It can cause, like, a, just a shaking, you know, stuff like that. It's very horrible. I'm glad that they did touch on that a little bit. I was I was glad to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Vietnam and everything is horrible, it still had, you know, plenty of lighthearted moments, plenty of feel-good moments between these friends, yeah, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely believed the their connection. And mm. I believe that they were all together. What did you think of the flashback sequences? I thought they were pretty cool. Yeah, but specifically, like, the use of the actors in them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually liked it. Yeah. Because I feel like when you remember something, you don't remember... Like, if I recalled something from when I was, like, 10 right now, yeah, I wouldn't remember it as me being, like, real little. Mm-hmm. I would, like, remember it as me. Yeah, yeah. So, but like everyone that would be there would be the same age. So like when they remember it, you know, they're all basically the same, but their leader, I'm blanking Storm on his and name. Norman. Right? Storm and Norman, yeah. played by Chadwick Boseman, is obviously the same age because, mm-hmm. you know, he dies. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that works because I would be like, yeah, if you remember something, that's how you would remember it. Right. I think. Yeah, sure. I Yeah, I wasn't bothered by it at all. I would, I would have been more bothered with awful de-aging stuff going Ooh, on yikes you know, i would yeah, be yeah, more yeah. bothered by that um yeah but i also the the changing of the aspect ratio that was cool. yeah that's always a very effective tool to use um, to show age and it was never just like cut to the four mm-hmm. by three it would always like either be like cool like smooth like yeah. transition or like something yeah uh, definitely a transition of some sort um and then that french actor uh jean renault what was her name no not her the, the guy the the mean French guy. Is he... Pink Panther? I think. Wait, the one that gets blown up? Um, No, 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 no. That's... You're talking about... Uh, I'm talking about the main bad guy with the white suit who's like, she doesn't know anything about this. She he, says, he, and he dies at the end. Yeah, yeah. Him. That that guy. Yeah, he's a oh. very popular French actor. Okay, sorry. I think he was the guy in the Pink Panther. Thinking. Really? Yeah, I think. I might be wrong, but I yeah. he just look familiar. Pink Panther was a long time ago, so... Interesting, but yeah, um, we got we got uh, Felix back from Black Klansman for this one. Yeah, as well. That's as, what I was thinking. Yeah, of. as well as the other dude, the the fat guy, Paul Walter Hauser. He's, Paul Walter Hauser. He's, he's in I Tanya too, and he's in Richard Jewell. Yeah, Richard Jewell. He's a good actor. I like him. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh oh, I want to talk about the MAGA hat in this movie. Yeah, yeah. That is like the most legendary MAGA hat of all time. <laughs> it's been through it all. It's been through a lot. And it's it's like just and, like and the, it didn't get shot once. It just got dirty. It gets so nasty yeah. at the end. It's so gross. When they they obviously they broach the subject with the dad from Crooklyn with like PTSD, right? Um, and I thought it was pretty well handled. Like he really goes off the rails. Yeah, Delroy Lindo, the yeah, actor. Yeah. I think that. His performance was like incredible. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was of all the Spike movies that mm. we watched, I think that is like the best performance out of all of them. And I really do think that is like a Oscar worthy performance that he gives in this movie. Yeah, that well, was really good. Even in Crooklyn, I think the 
the scene where he has to explain to the kids that mom's gonna stay in the hospital for a little bit longer yeah is another really good yeah, yeah. performance by for him, sure you know because he has to be really restrained and not showing mm-hmm. his emotion while his kids are like totally breaking down you know and uh in this one it's kind of a slow descent he whatever. goes crazy yeah. in this and movie. he goes crazy he goes crazy his um goes out crazy his big monologue when he when he goes off by himself talking straight and to it's the like camera, a long tracking and, shot yeah. and he's just like uh, i was yeah. like whoa yeah, yeah yeah this is some acting skill acting I, prowess i just realized that uh the felix guy I, i'm not saying his name because he has a very crazy name um <laughs> but because it has like Two A's. The one that gets blown up. Yeah, it has like two A's with two umlauts on both A's. I'm like, Ooh. how do you pronounce that? Well, I don't know. Um, but he gets blown up in Black Klansman and this movie. Hmm. So let's see if that continues. Maybe he'll get blown up in the next Spike Lee movie. I hope so. That would be awesome. Imagine that being your thing. It's like, I'm the guy that gets blown up in Spike Lee movies. Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want your own movie? <laughs> sure. Um, some people find do you think that the specific because they name drop obviously there's the MAGA hat name dropping Trump kind of they call him the Klansman in office which I thought was I very thought they funny. said Trump once did they I thought they said it once but maybe I'm crazy I don't know I don't remember them saying it I remember Klansman in office which I thought was fitting. I remember them saying it right after that at the dinner t- around the table in the in the like restaurant you know yeah I thought they said it in that scene hmm, maybe do you think that all these very uh topical current things are going to be a detriment to the future of the film like watching it in 20 years like do the right thing or 30 years nope you don't see i don't think so either usually i would but the way he handled it in this one i felt Mm. was very uh reserved yeah you know it wasn't it wasn't too crazy because usually if i saw a maga hat in a film i would like be like okay great or i'm gonna have to sit through this Mm -hmm. but no he he was able to handle it with a certain uh level of grace i would say mm. you know even though the hat is there the whole movie it really is you know it it's there the entire time it's like the narrator yeah i guess <laughs> i don't know it doesn't no. talk but it speaks volumes it does speak volumes of books um yeah um is i think this is probably the most like graphic spike lee movie of that we've seen out of this list yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like most of them are like, he doesn't like shy away from the violence, mm. but there's just not like a whole lot of it with in the, many of them. with the shot of the guy when the guy in gets real life, up, the no, first guy. no, the guy in real life getting shot. Oh, with that, I'd be very surprised if there was a movie more graphic than this one. Oh yeah. That is really honestly like be careful yeah. with the first like three minutes of this movie because it's bad. It's intense. It's really and bad. Again, it's the point to be intense. Right, yes. Is it... You know what? I'll say it. I think it's overboard. I think it's a little bit overboard. Because some... if There's some that flash really quickly. You know? Right. And I think he should have done that for every single one. He lets some of them linger. And I honestly think that's a mistake. Because one that I remember linger is one, the guy getting shot. Because he falls in the blood sprays in that one yes and there's another one where it is a, a a dead child yes which lingers for a while yeah if those were just flashes i thought it because you get it when you see it because they do one where it's flashes of someone their guts are exposed you know mm-hmm. that works i can identify that immediately i'm pretty sure that's like intrinsically programmed into our brain to identify those images you mm-hmm. know so i i honestly think a actual criticism is that those shots lingered too long 
and it's extremely upsetting. Yeah, and you know, if that's the point, I get it. If I yeah. was making it, I wouldn't have done that uh, to my audience. You know, I would have changed it personally. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I just it's rated R, but like, would that warrant like a and whatever the one after that is. Like, where it's not rated, like, it's, like, this movie is oh, very X? mature. No, not, like, an X-rated film, but... Well, you can do that for... It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, pornography to oh. be X, I don't think. I don't know. What is it, like, N-A? I don't know. But, yeah, it's, like... You're thinking about, like, video games. Maybe. maybe AO would be after mature. Is AO is oh. adults only. Yeah, because, I mean, that is pretty messed up. Yeah, real footage of people dying. I mean, obviously, there's documentaries, and they do it, and they're, you know, fine. Yeah. But it is a different experience. And, you know, I'm not saying that he didn't intend for me to feel this way. It's very obvious that he intends right, for me to be Right, it's supposed to get a reaction point. out of you. But I, I would have, I just would have done it differently. But you know what? I am i haven't won any uh, or been nominated for any Oscars. He won. So what do I know? Remember he won. Oh, yeah, he did win. For yeah. Black Klansman. His first, which, do the right thing. Uh, unbelievable Such a, that that won mm, his first. Yeah, tough look. That is the one thing I'm taking away from this is that he was robbed. For do the right thing. Yes. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Absolutely. Uh, Dang. We need to like actually talk about the movie. I feel like we've just talked about like the beginning. Yeah, and, we did. Um, the, oh, I think this movie I has below what I would expect for the reviews. Yeah. I think they're actually quite low. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why I haven't really read a lot of them. Yeah. But I think one thing that probably will be a talking point is the inclusion of the Marvin Gaye soundtrack. Really? I just feel like that might be a talking point. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was, yeah, excellent. Um, But I feel like some people might feel like it's, like, doesn't fit. Yeah. Since most of the music is very, like, elegant and happy Mm -hmm. while, like, horrible things are happening. I really appreciated it myself. Yes, I, I agree. I thought it was very, very great. Yeah, it was a good contrast, but I just feel like that could be a talking point. Well, guys, guess guess what? This movie's brand new. I recommend that you watch it. You know, um, let's if we've let's not say what happens. You know, just watch and experience it for yourself. I'm gonna say let's let's actually not go into this one too much, so people can hopefully see this. So if I had to say to go watch the Five Bloods, you probably seen Black Klansman. It was very popular. Yes. Um, and go see. Do the right thing. Please put that at the top of your list right now. Oh my gosh. Guys, please. seriously. Um do, wait, do you have to rent it? I think you do. I don't you, think it's on anything. Yeah, you can rent it on Amazon. I'm sure you can rent it's it like on like four, iTunes. Four or bucks probably. Um but four dollars well spent. It. Seriously, guys, I cannot just stress, buy a criterion. Yeah, I cannot stress how good this movie is. Um and I, you know what? I think that's gonna wrap it up for Spike Lee. And what a none of them are below average, you know? Yeah. Great filmmaker. I These haven't been great, like I, really in. Right. I haven't really seen many of his films. This before was a this very interesting thing. It's kind of one of the reasons why I'm. I really love doing this show is because yeah. being able to experience these kind of being forced. Yeah. <laughs> obligated to to sit down and watch ten of this ten. I think I don't know of this guy's films and see his work and see him evolve. You mm. know, see which techniques he keeps. Like the double dolly gets rid of, like the compressed squeezed video yeah, you know yeah, yeah yeah um i understand spike lee now i get what people 
are talking about when they talk yeah. about them. You know, I've like, always been like it. out of the conversation. You know, but now I'm totally in there and I agree 100%. Yes. To the right thing is just so good. Yeah, come so on. Good. It really is good. Uh, that's about going to wrap it up for our show, I think. Um, well, but yeah, almost. For the spotlight. For the spotlight. Section. But we have a. Do you ha- Did you find a review? I did, yes. Do so. Go ahead and read it. Okay. Here we go. I, I don't even know if I... I think I do remember what movie it's from. Uh, here we go. Okay. One out of ten. Awful. Right. Spike Lee should just stop making films. Oh, yes. Sure. From the ten-year-old name of the film that is so worn, Hillary Clinton used it. You can already see how bad this movie is going to be. What? It is not 1980 anymore. Spike Lee is simply old and out of touch and, frankly, not relevant anymore. He brings no edge to this movie. He isn't in touch with the culture that he is trying to represent and, frankly, is trying desperately hard to connect with that audience. You can tell his connection with being on the streets is straight off of Twitter from his Hollywood home. Hmm. And then he just keeps on going. And he says, it might as well have been a B movie. There are no amount of paid reviews that can make this movie look good. It's just garbage through and through. Save your money and wait for a decent movie to come out. What is this? I don't know what this is. It's it was actually, yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard, I guess, because it's just like, Spike Lee, stop making movies. Yeah, what is what movie is this? It's Chirac. Oh, oh yeah, because the Hillary Clinton, I guess that was my thing. Uh, uh, okay. Tough look. I mean, Chirac is, a I comedy. say we both say, is our oh, least, least favorite, favorite yes. of the group, but it's still, still all right. Yeah, yeah. And to say that someone should just stop <laughs> making movies? It's a little intense. Especially little Spike intense. Lee, who's... One of the most important filmmakers yeah. of our time. Yeah. A little intense guy. Uh, yikes. Big yikes for my man. That's I, a L. I have one, and I just want to tell you that all the one-star reviews for this movie were identical. And they <laughs> oh, go boy. a little something like this. And it's going to... The title's in the thing, so I'm going to spoil it. But one out of ten. Again, they're all this. Do the right thing and label this as a hate film. Why is this movie called Do the Right Thing? Everyone does the wrong thing. This is a film that promotes racial hatred and bigotry while glorifying violence towards anyone who doesn't fit your profile of acceptable racial acceptance. Glorified, racially motivated hate film. And guys, uh, I don't want to call anybody a racist, but like all the one out of ten reviews were this. And, you know, I don't know. Seems a little weird. Big yikes. That's a big yikes. Usually, Usually the reviews are fun. These two weren't very fun. No, he's a little, little negative. Um, but that leaves us with one thing, real quick, that we have. Yes, which is yeah. an email. We got an email. You can Guys, email you can us. That. Where can you email us? Nick. At the staglerpod at gmail dot com. Sweet. And our email says, "Hey, Justin and Nick, I was wondering if you two had any favorite music in movies, unique music or licensed. How important do you think it can be? Also, the lack of it." My auto responses say, not really. I don't. Sorry. I don't know. (laughs) I guess I don't know is I can use that. But uh, so music and movies, what do you like? Suicide Squad. Uh, 
well, Suicide Squad obviously has maybe the greatest <laughs> soundtrack of the 21st century. So Great. we'll put that aside. Um, it's basically a music video as a movie. <laughs> I really... Well, music and movies, it is... Um, I enjoy it most. I really like music and movies, but it says the lack of it, too. Um, what comes to mind is Portrait, Portrait of, of a Lady, Lady on, on Fire, fire. Um, which the lack of music is like pivotal to like extremely important to the movie and then when it hits the big oh. ending with the music you are like so deeply yes. affected yes and it works so well so i think the lack of music can be extremely mm-hmm. well done as long as it's done in the right way like, and even if it's not for the whole movie even a lack of music in one scene right can have exa- the same effect. exactly um but as far as music being in movies i think it can add a lot like if blade runner had none of like no. the mm. synth like yeah. droney score that it has, I, mm-hmm. I would be like, "What?" Yeah. Do you have any like soundtracks that you can think off off the top of your head? Soundtrack or like original score? Either or. Any music. Um, I think the soundtrack to Titanic is really the score to Titanic is really good. Yeah, the Titanic's got a good <laughs> yeah. one. I, <laughs> I don't know why I thought about. Yeah, that, but. I obviously just talked about Blade Runner. No. Um, Arrival mm. has a very. I don't want to say it's like something i'd listen to mm-hmm. but it's it adds a lot to the film interstellar has some really good tracks it, boy uh, mountains yeah. if you haven't listened to mountains by hans zimmer woo, yeah go uh hans zimmer uh who did arrival do you remember i don't uh, i feel so i don't bad. remember um i don't know i want to say it's like chris christopherson maybe I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's somebody else. I feel like it was a name that had the first name and the last name. I don't think it's this guy, though. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'll try to find that while sure. we keep talking. Um. What was I going to say? You you always love music. Uh. Uh. Game of Thrones. Uh. Yes. Composer. Ramin Jawadi, I think is how you say yeah, that. I always forget how to pronounce um, it. He's great. I, the Game of Thrones music is very good. Yes. Um, but when it comes to like soundtrack, I talked. I don't remember what episode it was on, but this like the soundtrack to the Bling Ring. Oh yeah, I said yeah. was pretty good. Mm. I really like um, that. Um, a specific moment in movie where music is used that I really enjoy is I guess it's kind of mainstream. Yeah, but the ear cutting scene in Reservoir Dogs. Oh, with yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah I am mm-hmm. stuck in the middle with that's uh, iconic. David Finch, David Fincher, I think. Um, yes. What about him? Does a lot of of like pop songs over his stuff. You know, he'll take like a pop song and like do montages and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's usually pretty effective. Done mm-hmm. well. Who is it? Did you find it? I'm about to. I'm a. We are closing in. Closing in on finding who it was. Once we get through all the cast. Me- Johan. Jo- oh, yeah. Johan jo- Johansson. Yes, yes. He just passed away. Yeah, that's why I was like thinking. last year. That, uh, that like, song. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was really. Yeah, yeah. Up in, yeah, he did, like, Prisoners? a lot of Denise movies. Prisoners yeah, and yeah. Sicario, which was good. Yeah, those. The scores that he does are always very fitting. Mm-hmm. You know, they always yeah. totally bring you in. Yeah. Um, But, but yeah. That that's some of our favorite music. I'm sure we could do probably a whole episode on just on, about music. On and music I'm sure we and scores. probably will yeah, in the future sometime. Eventually. But uh for now we'll let that lie. Yeah, because next episode Well, if you guys have been paying attention, I've been foreshadowing the next spotlight the whole time. <laughs> have you? Yeah, I've been talking about you know, uh 
Marvin Gaye. We talked about. We did talk know? about Marvin Gaye. Because guess what? It's June. It is June. And that means it's Pride Month. So we only have one episode left in June. So next episode, we're going to be doing a spotlight on LGBTQ movies. Yup. Creators and actors and stuff like that. And probably just do a top five favorite from each of us. You know, that's that's the simplest that we can do. And everybody yeah. loves lists. Everyone loves numbered lists. Yeah, dude. It's going to be sick. It's going to be sick. So, uh... We already, I mean, we talked about Portrait of Lady on Fire, you know, yeah, just you, now. It will be featured it in will the be next featured. episode. I don't even know if I want to put it in my list because it is really good. Yeah, we might just like put that at like an honorary top of the mountain. And then talk about five that we haven't talked about yet or talked less about. Yeah. yeah. That, that's honestly probably good because I think both of our number ones would probably be Portrait. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we'll just put that one to the side and we'll just be like, yeah, this is the best one. But I know personally that I have one that... I, it's maybe my number one I don't know Ooh. but it is one that's probably gonna knock your socks off and you're gonna be like what so the Lion that, King one and a half oh that's that's not no that can't happen I will say right now the Lion King one and a half will be an honorable mention on my list as will Venom <laughs> Venom Venom all right well guys you've been such a good audience today you've been you were so well behaved thank you um, go ahead and get yourself a treat. Go ahead and get yourself a cookie. You know, you deserve it. Yeah, I only had to ban 85 people in the chat wow, today. Wow, perfect. That's that's awesome numbers. I Down know. from last time. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of glad we didn't... Imagine if we did have an audience and the kind of shit that would have been stirred when we started talking about racial issues online. Mm. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks for listening. That's That was The Stagler, episode six, episode seven. LGBT movies, please tune in Saturdays at 3 p.m. 3 o'clock p.m. Well, not every other Saturday. Every other Saturday. So not next Saturday. Sorry, we won't be here. But the one after that. The one after that, though. Catch us here at 3 o'clock. We'll still be uploading the the audio and video elsewhere, so you can yeah. always check it out later. Be on YouTube. But that's it for today's show, and thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching, and... uh. That's going to do it. Have a good day.